What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, blood particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death. Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them. So pour yourself something strong, Feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid. Were you ewing at the images of things you should not masturbate to? Yeah. One of my favorite classic storybooks. <laughs> it's not storybook. It's a picture book. Well, it is a picture book. And I it's don't just even... images that you should not masturbate to. Honestly, there's not even like, there's not an author or anything. There's not anybody that says that they're responsible for this except, <laughs> instead of, <laughs> it's just, or I mean, um, just except penguin books. So no one wants to take responsibility, but for the book images, you should not masturbate to. This is great. Like there's a bunch of uh, logs that have been sawed. Um, and That's very tripophobic in concentric circles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going with along with our with our phobia for today, today. Uh, which is going to be an exciting one because this one has excited more uh, reaction on on yeah. the social media than any phobia we've done so far. That's Do you for think sure. it's because of the iPhone 11? I don't, Probably. No, I don't think so. I think it's just, I think people are just, are, I think it's become such a, a phenomenon and people are so aware of it and they have all kind of. Thanks internet. Relate to it. You know, a lot of people relate to it. I'm starting to relate to it. I didn't think it was something that I had. No, I know. The other day it's when, developed. We, when we went out to dinner, you were like, oh, just. I was, I was nauseous because I was looking at too many. Too many trypophobic images. Trypophobic and images. Just, yeah, for so sure. We'll talk about why that is. I That's have some right. important information. There is, there is, there is a reason. I have a PSA for you on tripophobic images. Well, welcome back, Feardos. Uh, we are the Sum of All Fear podcast, uh, the show that talks about real life phobias from a mental health perspective, and then uh, we pair those fears up with horror movies that prey on them, on those fears. Uh, fun concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Drew, uh, a <laughs> writer and horror nerd, and this is my deliciously intelligent wife. Oh, hello. Chris, a mental health therapist. Uh, you could have just stopped at mental. A professional. A professional mental. Professional mental. A professional mental. I just, that's the one thing I can take pride in. I am professionally mental. Well, you know, I <laughs> in think many ways, the, the field tends to attract that, the, the, the people that, that, understand it the most right from a very <laughs> very deep personal perspective yes well you know what chris uh no what uh, i've heard we're being called the jeff goldblum and gina davis of podcasting Ooh, which yeah. one of us is jeff goldblum which is fun well i hope it's me <laughs> i want to be jeff goldblum which but I like is him. fun because you know they not only starred in my favorite cronenberg movie that we're gonna be talking about a little bit today um the fly but <laughs> but they also were married from 1993 to 1997. Fun fact. And then what happened? And and then they 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 parted ways. Oh. Yeah. We've already beat their marriage though. That's Actually, true. Hey, know. high five us. Ooh, we beat yeah. we beat we beat Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. What's gonna happen to the seven year itch with us? Hmm? I don't know. Oh man. I don't know. We've been together for like eight years though. So no, eight years. Eight, eight and a half. So we're eight and a half, we're yeah. on the you know we're on the kind of the other side of that right I don't know. in a way i mean there's whatever. always time for whatever niche. i like you i think i'm planning on sticking around for a little I while like you. as long as you'll let me yeah that's right <laughs> um saw some movies this week you uh, did we, well we watched we watched uh the new you watched some of it i think you fell asleep through 
most of it. But mm, as is customary, uh, Hell House. Uh, the LLC. Hell House Three, the uh, Lake of Fire, I think. So it I was. didn't like understand it because I didn't watch the other. It did LLCs, connect a lot with the other first so. two, the first two. Um, but and it was it was on it was new on Shutter this this week. You kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. You have to take it for what it is. There, it's not like a super high budget movie. Um, they connected the dots with the first and the second one, which I just thought was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I also went. Um, and saw three on a Hell mandate with, uh, with my buddy D who I have not hung out with in, in, in quite a while. I know. So um, good to see D. So that was cool. I, I posted up and was like, Hey, does anybody want to come with me? Cause they were only doing the three day run. Right. So Monday they had, did you see, they extended that, right? They did have one extra, <laughs> they're, they're adding one extra day cause it did well. Um, but yeah, Rob Zombie, they released it only, uh, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Um, and first day was you get a free poster. Second day was behind the scenes. Uh, extra footage. And then the third day was a double feature with devil's rejects and I can only make it out the third day. So we went out on Wednesday and saw it and, and um, you know, it was pretty fun. Um, I had a good time. We, 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 the place was packed and was packed full of fans and, you know, Rob zombie is kind of a polarizing. Sure. uh, Figurehead dude in the horror community, which I, you know, I don't pay attention to a lot of that shit. So I don't really, I don't really get it because to me, he just he's just he just does his thing. Rob Zombie movies are Rob Zombie movies. Like mm. they're you have to go in kind of expecting what you're going to expect. But I, I, you know, I had a blast. And I thought they had a really um, they they didn't get Sid, Sid Hagen there much because he apparently like three weeks before filming uh, he was in the hospital. He's and, been very ill, and he's been and yeah he's just been in poor health. He's and been Rob fighting. Zombie went and visited him and was like, "Don't worry about it. You're not going to be able to. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do this, bud. Like this is just no. not going to happen." So. He, he only had a couple of little kind of cameo flashback type things uh, throughout the movie. And then, um, but they did fill his character in a way with a new character named Foxy played by Richard Brake, which was really good. I liked him a lot. It was super, super, super fun. Um, even though Captain Spaulding was missing, um, it was, it, I think they did a good job with, with kind of recasting a, a cool Also character. a clown? No, not a clown. Um, he was like a half brother or a cousin okay. or something, and they were on the run together. Um, gotcha. I don't know if they were. I, I don't remember. Loosely if they connected, they were the, not yeah. like. Yeah, I think okay. they busted out of jail together or something. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, if they were in jail together, you know what happened. So it was. It was you cool. know why they're close. It was cool. It was a really fun. Uh, it was a fun flick. I really enjoyed it. Um, what else did I watch this week? We watched, uh, oh, Tigers Are Not Afraid. I didn't watch that. You did. On Shudder. Looks like a great concept, but uh, not super well No, No, it was, executed. it has been like, I mean, it has been lauded as like one of the best films of the year. Like every critic is is just over the moon about it. There's um, a lot of movies coming out with tigers in the title. There's a movie called Paper Tigers um, about an educational um, about a behavioral educational school in Washington um, that was set up in one of the regions that I work in. And um, that was that was one of the movies. There's a lot of ti- Tiger, Tiger Tigers movies. movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. They People were really excited about this movie and, and have, have been just talking about how wonderful it is. It was a really, really, really good, really well put together movie. It had visually, it was really uh, stunning and it had some amazing... Uh, there were amazing moments in it, but I just never got real sucked into it. it. Like I never got real connected to it. I felt like it was, it was pan's labyrinth, but not as, not as well done. 
uh, in a way. Not um, as moving. So, I, you know, that's just me though. I mean, I have a lot of, there's a lot, there's a, I, I guarantee on the second watch, I'll probably appreciate it more. Maybe it was just the headspace I was in. Cause it was kind of a, it's a heavy movie too. Um, well, and if you were on and off your phone at all, you would have missed dialogue. Yeah. And- I mean, it's, yeah, and it's, it's subtitled, but which is fine. But, um, and I watched it, I watched it pretty intently, but it just, I don't know, maybe I was in the wrong headspace, but it just didn't blow me away. You know, I think a lot of people, it was like, oh my gosh, this movie is incredible. And I was just like, yeah, eh, it's kind of like Pan's Labyrinth, but just not quite as good. I still need to see all of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, but, uh, we got, we have to call out a, a, a new Feardo. We absolutely have to. Um, we had a really, really nice shout out on Twitter this week uh, from a new Feardo named Cody from Iowa. The best Cody. The best Cody. The best Cody. The best Cody. The <sighs> best Cody. We're really sad that we we have, and we need to apologize to Cody's everywhere because there are so many good Cody's. There out are. There. there really are. Um, and I don't the even. Bad- know, I don't know if Cody, if, if you've listened to the anti Cody episode. Um, but it was Cody spelled with a C-U-N-T. <laughs> which is a really interesting spelling of Cody. It is. That's why you have to pay attention. It's a select few. Of so we apologize Cody's. for our Cody bashing. And and you have redeemed Cody's everywhere, um, Cody from Iowa. Um, He's an IE too. I like that. That's we really appreciate unique. it. Unique. Um, yeah, IE. So it's, I hope it's not Kodai. Kodai. It might be Kodai. I like that. That would be really I rad. Kinda like, I kind of like the, the – we may just call you that um, and – Although that may be something that's that's triggering from your childhood, from well, people pronouncing your name wrong. And it was especially special because the awesomest Cody um, had just started listening to podcasts, and we were one of the first ones he kind of stumbled onto. Yeah, yeah. I'll, re- I'll so, read his, his review. He said, "He said uh, at some of all fear pod, you guys make my days at work ten times easier, and the day just flies by." I'm pretty new to podcasts, and yours was one of the first I gave a try, and now I'm addicted to it. I can't wait for more podcasts to come from you guys. We are so happy to stroke your love of podcasts. Yeah, warm, warm the cuckles of my of your of my, my pee picking heart. Your pee picking heart. <laughs> That's an old Tennessee oh. Ernie Ford song. I really appreciate it, though. Thank you so much for getting feared up with us, Cody. And, yeah. and just, just know that when we talk about Cody's, it's not about you. That's right. And just like our new Feardo friend, Cody, if you like the show, we'd love to get to know you on social media. So come join the conversation at some of all fear podcast on Facebook and at some of all fear pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if the spirit moves you, you can support us on Patreon like our awesome Feardo friends, James from the E channel podcast. Um, please check it out. It's badass and full of fun horror movie goodness. Um, and you know what? James is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. When I was living in Chicago, I uh, I managed a band that used to stop at the Brass Rail in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That was a club. I think it's still there. Um, kind of a dive bar, you know, club that had a stage. Um, that was a cool place. So I don't know if uh, if I don't know if James has ever hung out at the Brass Rail, but but if so, let us know. Yeah, I had some good drunken times there. Um, and also our our Feardo friend Toby from McKinney, Texas, is also a Patreon supporter, and we really appreciate. Her support as well. Yes, we do. And yeah, so all of our awesome Feardo P- Patreon friends, we appreciate you. And of I course, know. guys, please go to your podcast apps and give us a rating and a review. Um, we really could use them. They really help push this thing forward. Uh, right now, we still are about the same amount of reviews and ratings that we've had for a couple of months. So we would love to see, especially on Apple Podcasts, it's really important. If you have Apple, if you have an Apple iPhone, uh, just go and just hit the star button and and scroll down and give us a quick little little blurb. It really helps a lot and it helps uh, further this whole deal and 
help get the uh, Feardo name out there. Yeah, it gets it gets our podcast into. If, if you don't know what it does, it actually like they use algorithms, right? So if they see people getting a, a lot of ratings, then they push the podcast into their little search engine, so it pops up higher, and their little. It's all about the math. Yeah, it's all about getting things getting things out there and publicizing it more. So, well, let's test your uh, let's test your your brain levels my brain levels your brain levels they're so low this week are you ready to play a game let's do it you ready to play a game chris i'm ready but i don't know are you ready yeah i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> oh, i said i wasn't gonna say that i'm ready i'm ready i'm not gonna say am i ready and i'm not gonna say dive in dive in i'm gonna try to if you guys hear phrases. that you have to take a shot of whatever yeah. you're drinking at the moment i've been um, repeating so, too many of the same phrases so you're all like eight or ten behind at least right well, now shall so, we play a game chris shall we all we right shall. it's time for the world's greatest phobia-based trivia game. What the fear? You say it now. What the fear? There you go. Okay, you have to say it like that. All right, well, it's that time of the week. Oh, it's that time of the week. Where we talk about phobias. Yeah. That uh, we give we give the phobia's name and we talk uh, we give a little hint about the phobia and then you have to guess what that is a fear of. I try my best. Last week we did a Stephen King version of what the fear, didn't we? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Holy yes, because we skipped a week. Last episode. Last episode we did, and I and I and I did trivia, Stephen King trivia, which right. I really enjoyed. I would actually. I wouldn't mind just doing Stephen King trivia every time. I think that's a, that would be a blast. There's not that much out there, like. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm sure there there's, is. There's so many, so much stuff. Not out that there. much out there that would be. Oh my gosh, be so challenging good. for you. Baloney. I would, I would love that. But let's get back to, uh, let's get back to our normal, our normal fear, fear-based trivia game here. Um, are I'm not gonna say. Are you ready? Hold on. Back it up. Skirt. Do you, do you want to play the game now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's rephrase. Are are you uh, able to commence? Are you able to commence with this with this <laughs> brain tickling yes. endeavor we have going on here? Yes, tickle my brain, please. Commence. All right, your first word is uh, anuptophobia. Anuptophobia. A N U P T A phobia. Anuptophobia. Can I take a stab at it before you even tell me a fact? Sure. Go for it. Uh, fear of getting married. Oh, you are in the ballpark, but not quite. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I need. Okay. Not quite there, but definitely in the ballpark. Good job. Way to, way to, way to, way to nail those roots there. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes I write these down and I don't pronounce them, but then when I pronounce them, I go, like, oh, that sounds oh, a lot like that. Yeah. Like that's, that, that might give it away. All right. Well, when an anuptophobic breaks up with someone. They're going to load up their phone with Bumble, Tinder, Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, and any other dating app they can get their hands on, especially Farmers Only. Fear of being alone? Close. I'll give it to you. Uh, fear of staying single. Fear of staying single, fear, yeah, of, being fear of being alone. Being alone. Uh, similar. But fear of staying single is huh. a nuptophobia. A nuptophobia. A nuptophobia. Yeah, fear of nuptials. Basically. Fear of oh, no wait no not the fear of nuptials that'd be the fear of getting married right yeah which is what I which was, is what I, I, probably thought. What I said too yeah <laughs> which is why I was like ooh 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 let me see if I can get this one okay that That's was good. good yeah 
That's an Gosh, interesting I know, one. I know a few. I know enough, a lot of people like that. a few enoptophobics. <laughs> I mean, there's a few of you listening as well. But though, my, like myself, um, a lot of my life, I was kind of like afraid of being alone. Yeah, you know, or I've afraid never of had being a time single. Of, I've never really had any extended time of being single since I've been of dating age. I don't think. I I, I don't think I've gone more than like. I did the intent. I did the intentional singleness. Yeah, but we, you weren't really but, single that time. Yeah, that period of time for like three months really bad at it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not phobic of it. Although I do believe that was one of the things on my CDs that I always talk about that I named a CD, like a fear of being alone or something like that. I got to find those. I'm, I swear to you, they're in my closet. Anyways, go ahead. Number two. I am prepared to commence. Are you prepared to commence the brain tickling? <laughs> Anetophobia. E-N-E-T-O phobia. Inetophobia. It's not a fear of Entenmann's products. It is not a fear of Entenmann's products. <laughs> Entenmann's products are delicious. <laughs> I particularly liked their coffee cake. My, my, my buddy growing up, my best friend growing up, his dad was a delivery driver for Entenmann's. <laughs> for like whatever the company was, Aura Wheat and Entenmann's that, that all were connected together. And so he always had like... The backstock, just like all the backstock, whatever was probably probably like the coded out stuff. You oh know? yeah, and, stuff you couldn't sell. And so his at his house, I'd just be like, oh man, like coffee cake and freaking <laughs> powdered donuts and oh powdered donuts. Uh, all right, so anetophobia. Uh, here's your clue: Albert Fish, our good friend Albert Fish, definitely didn't have this phobia. That man liked a good prick. Her head just shot up. Like, <laughs> like what? <sighs> now I have to. Albert Fish definitely didn't like, didn't have this phobia. He liked a good prick. Mm-hmm. The wheels are turning. Are we talking I about? I can see her brain tickling as we as we are speak. We, are we talking about? Um, is this? Yeah, there's no. There's no follow up questions. For this. <sighs> this is. This is use your. This is use your, your... I'm trying to think if Albert Fish was one of those... I'm, I'm going in two different directions in my mind. I'm trying to think if Albert Fish was one of those serial killers that like to insert things into his penis, you know, like needles and stuff. Um, or if if it's going in more of a direction of um, like his sexual preference or if it's going in a direction of I guess did he like to eat people? You're going to have... Because I forgot. You... <laughs> What he did. Well, I will give you a little, little tip right here. A little tip? It was actually all three. A little <gasps> tip. A little tip. A little tight. He is not. He liked all three. He is not afraid of male genitalia. He is not. No. Yeah. Was that your guess? Yeah. So it's the fear of male genitalia. You were actually on the right path. Um, before that is the fear of pins because <gasps> Albert Fish is the one. He is the one that put it saw, in there. We saw the x-ray. Okay. I was we trying to think. We saw his x-ray at the, at the, at the, uh, 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 Museum of, Museum death. of death in New Orleans. In New Orleans. They had the x-ray of Albert Fish, uh, of his groin. And he had what, like 28 needles stuck needles, in there or that, 63 or yeah, something, something crazy like that. number. Um, he liked to just insert needles into like the tip of his penis and like into his groin and like all well, over you the know place. that you know there's that case at Renown that keeps recurring. 
Oh, we don't know if we can even talk about that. Oh, somebody else broke HIPAA on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I, I was trying to read. So he definitely does not have a fear of pins. Did he sure. also eat people? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was one, had, right he, with all three. He's the one who made the recipe book. Okay. We talked about that last, last yes, episode. Because I, I was trying to think. Because we were wait, talking about House of a Thousand Corpses. He can't be the House one that did, did that too. Like I was trying Pennywise, to figure the out. the original name for Pennywise, uh, was it? something gray yeah bob gray bob gray um, or something was, like that was an alias that albert fish used um as well so damn i was trying i was trying to to wrap it all up and and see if i was remembering him as the same person or if those were three different people because you know nope. who i am with no nope. he, he he liked he, he did some sexual abusing of children and he also did some eating of children and he, he also put a lot of pins in his he body was he was just a all really over the man. place wow yeah top-notch terrible person he really was the 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 like uh, people who haven't heard of him, like research Albert Fish if you're if you like to research the serial. Killer <laughs> if you like stuff, what you've heard so far, <laughs> if you if you enjoy what you've heard so far, <laughs> please also check out look Albert up Fish. the tool the Toy Box Killer. That's an Ooh, interesting toy box one as killer. well. Oh man, he's the worst. He is brutal. I, the, I feel like he is the crux. For and me. one of the most under under underrated, like, underknown, underknown like, people don't know the Toy Box Killer. Um, at least I didn't. He was one of the last ones that I Google that on. fucker. Yeah, Google that fucker. All right. Uh, your third one. Well done. Uh, one for two. Ready to commence. You're you, you on the right path in the beginning of that one and then and then kind of diverted. So one Ooh. for two. Uh, let's go on to our next. Let's commence with our next word. Proceed. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, gerontophobia. G-E-R-O-N-T-O. Phobia. Gerontophobia. This will probably be an easy one. Is it fear of old people? Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling after I wrote it, I was like, you know what? I think this one's going to be an easy one. I was like, Gerard- I was going to say the apartment it's scene. That- the apartment scene in It Chapter Two definitely Ugh. brought out my latent oh gerontophobia. My gosh, it was which, either which, on, honestly like I didn't realize I had gerontophobia until I saw that movie, and, and but that you was do. The, that was that scene really freaked me out. Are you afraid of of old people? I think I might be. I well, know. I know that when I had you fill out those little jars of fears, you did put fear of getting old. Yeah, maybe. There's something there. I don't know. Oh, we need to explore that further. Yeah, we have, we have to post that up. That was a cool little thing. So it was like fill, it was like all these fears, little jars, and then you, you fill them up and then you post it up what you're, you know, what, which, how much of your jar is full on each of the topics. So yeah. it's like snakes and spiders and, um, and we need to post that up on our social media. We will. Well, let's move on uh, and dive in. Nope, 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 nope. No diving. Nope. Reframe. No diving. Reframe. We're going what to. What are we going to die? Are we going to dissect? Are we going to leap into it? Are we going to uh, jaunt into it? We're going to slice open. We're going to. Are we going to murder? We're going. We're going to uh, press into tiny little holes. Oh. Um, we're going to kneel down on rocks oh, until our on knees rice. have a pattern. Oh. Um. We're gonna look into our next phobia. We're into our next phobia <laughs> that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna look break in down today. Instead of diving, it in. is it is probably very. It's way more common than I thought it was. Um, it's super interesting. We had uh, when we first started this podcast, um, our good friend Lacey the Contrarian uh, said, "I totally have this phobia." Um, I think we may have brought it up briefly right. in that episode, and I had never heard of it. Before. I didn't know what it was. I was really totally in the dark and. Uh, I've been really interested in this, in this, in researching this one. It's been so fascinating. So uh, let's talk about the fear of what do we want to call it? The fear of I, I just call it the fear of holes, but 
um, I think it's for, small, for cons- small holes, small concentric, concentric shapes clustered, closely grouped together. Clustered but that holes. doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, also bumps. Come in Any there. small concentric shapes closely grouped together. Well, that, but it doesn't roll that off does the tongue. does not create for <laughs> an easy episode title. Figure it out, marketing expert. So we're going to call it the fear of holes. Tripophobia. Person issues. Easy there, fuzzy little man, Peach. You have a drunk Bailey's from a shoe. You have a drunk Bailey's from a shoe. I just put Bailey's in my in my coffee, and every time I every time I see Bailey's, I think of old Greg. Uh, so tripophobia. Uh, this has been a long-awaited po- uh, episode. I've I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, everybody uh, this, is looking forward to it being over so that we stop ooh, posting images. Stop posting that are images online. Yeah, there's a lot of people who, we are, get who so are a little many bit upset people. at us this week. Like a little bit like I get it. Ah, ha, ha, but I, no, not but seriously, stop. I understand <laughs> it, but we're all we're all leaning into this together. We gotta right? lean into it, man. We gotta lean into our fears. We are, sometimes we are we a have show to, about fear. Sometimes we have to just do it afraid. Well, and you know what's funny is you know, if you're a listener to the show and you follow us on social media eventually we're going to touch on something that is as a fear, Guaranteed. like an actual fear of yours. And, and so, yeah, you gotta be ready for it, man. That's you know, okay. it's interesting. This was a, a, this was a term tripophobia that really was a, an internet phenomenon, which is insane. Yeah. It's like a, two, around 2005, um, it became a big social media thing. It was a, it where was, were you in 2005? 2005. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, finishing up my last year of college. 2005, I was finishing up your last year, my high school, first year of college, mm. first year of college. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I honestly, I just, I, I was never a big Reddit guy. I was never like on the, Me either. the, the forums and no, stuff as no much. Fortune. And this was kind of, this kind of fleshed out through the, <coughs> Ooh, hello. I think I swallowed a fly. I think I'm, I, oh think my. I might die. Um, there wasn't a lady who swallowed a fly. <laughs> I don't know why she swallowed a fly. I guess she'll die. Um, but this was this was really a, a social media phenomenon, and, and 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 people started posting up images, right, of these types of things, and started getting like like responses, responses. back, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, like I have this. This is weird. I don't this like is disgusting. this." Disgusting. Um, and then it kind of like evolved where people realized it was worse when it was superimposed onto. Uh, onto flesh. Mm. So like, like, you know, somebody photoshops it onto skin or onto a face or onto a hand or onto an arm. And people were like, Oh man, it's way worse when it's on skin too. Um, but it started with this, like, like, like the seed thing, right? We got this, uh, what is it called? The, the Lotus seed, the Lotus seed, right? Everybody sees this. That's one of the first images you pop up when you look up trypophobia. Um, and then honeycombs are really big. So you've got honeycombs, you've got, you've got this like lotus seed, you've got these kind of naturally occurring things in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and animal then, prints, think animal yeah, prints. Animal prints. Cheetahs have, you know, Snakes. circular um, zebras even. It's, it right. might not be circles, but it is geometric shapes that are in high contrast. Right, right. Um, and so this this just started in, inciting a, a uh, an instinctual in reaction, something that, that made people go, eh, like, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> eh. Um, 
let's talk about real quick, the word itself. So the, the person that came up with this said that they, 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 they just basically looked up the word for holes in Greek, which was tripos, um, which is also a fun. Whoa. Oh, you're doing it this week. I just <laughs> knocked my microphone. <laughs> um, cause I was pointing, <laughs> uh, tripos is also a Greek slang for buttholes, which is <laughs> a fun fact for you to take home. Put that um, in your back pocket, folks. Yeah, put that in your butthole. Call your uh, call your boss a tripos. Tripos, yeah. Um, tripo- tripophobia basically is is an aversion to the sight of irregular patterns, clusters, small holes, bumps. Um, again, not officially recognized as a mental disorder, as a number of phobias are not, um, but they fall into the broad category of of specific phobia, uh, and it's a fear that's excessive and distressing for a lot of people. So, you know, there's always this conversation about what is a phobia? Is it really a phobia? Is it not a phobia? You know, that kind of thing. And well, let's talk about why it is and is not. So here's the thing in the DSM or the diagnostic and statistic manual version five, the recent the version DSM five DSM five as it here shall to four be referred to as Yeah, you um, really have to say the whole thing. Gosh, that's pretentious. <laughs> right. Um, the DSM five. So the DSM-5 only has official diagnostic criteria available for four categories of phobias. So we've got animal phobias, blood and injection phobias, um, situational phobias like flying, and then we've got specific phobias, other category. And the reason this is, is is because of a lack of or a limited amount of research to be able to uncategorize additional phobias and put them into one of those more um, specific categories. So when we say this is not really a phobia, what we mean is, is there's not enough research out there for us to be able to say this is good enough to write down in a book and say, you know, this portion of the population has this. Somebody hasn't spent a lot of time studying it right. and researching. And so it if I say be. I have a fear of cowboy hats, <laughs> there's just – I can genuinely have that phobia. Yeah. And it's a legitimate phobia. It just hasn't been – If it, caused, it hasn't been researched enough. There hasn't been enough academic papers written right. and evaluated and – and research done on the uh, impacts and the effects on daily life and things like that. So it doesn't mean that you can't suffer from a phobic reaction of this because that phobia is the anxiety, right? And we all have anxiety reactions. It just means that the freaking manual doesn't have it specifically listed because in order to get into the manual, you have to have proof that you're a thing. And just because it's not in there doesn't mean it's not a thing. Right. So for all Just you amateur, no research. all of you amateur idiots, I'm talking to you right now on that are on Reddit, going, you, it's not a real phobia. You're a fucking blah, blah, blah. this is so stupid. Just suck it up. Blah, blah. It doesn't matter whether it's specifically listed in the DSM five. It doesn't make it any less real. You're an asshole. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> That's yeah. Period. Uh, like you think you know everything you don't. It's a it, phobia is an irrational fear of anything <laughs> that that so yes causes, it's a phobia. that causes distress and impairment in daily functioning so great that it impedes you from being able to live your everyday life. So I don't care if it's a fear of a comet striking you. That's not in the DSM either. But guess what? It's a valid fear if that's that person's experience and it causes that significant impairment and distress in their lives. Absolutely. So shove it. So don't let anybody tell you that your phobia is not a real phobia. You be afraid of what you you're be afraid, afraid of. You be afraid of whatever you want. Yeah. So, damn it. 
<laughs> here we do not put down any fears. You can be afraid of whatever well, you want. And I have an interesting quote for, for this too. Uh, Arnold Wilkins, who's a professor emeritus at the University of Essex in the UK, has done some, some research on this. And he said this uh, about trypophobia. He said, phobias are usually described as an irrational and persistent fear of certain objects or situations. And causes of such fears can sometimes be difficult to identify. Mm -hmm. Uh, trypophobia is just that, except it's a more complex concept even. Super. Um, with a cause that's not as simple to pinpoint as something like arachnophobia. Right. Where it's easy to attribute one's fear to spiders or anything to do with spiders. This one's this one's more complicated. Right. Why is that? Why is it more complicated? Well, it's more complicated because it is so broad. Like it it's it's the it's the fear associated with a reaction upon the sight of something. And I would be very interested to know um, or find out if there's any research on folks who have limited sight, um, whether or not this phobia can translate through uh, other um, uh, senses like, like, like touch or, or touch yeah. or hearing, you know, hearing concentric bumps or, you know, something like that. Feeling I'm, it, I'm sure. Feeling it, would be really it you know, like, like, on your, like just feeling I'm wondering, your hand across it. I'm wondering if the brain reaction would be the same, um, kind of understanding this as something that could possibly be threatening based on how it feels um, just as much as how it looks. Because that's a lot of what I've read on um, kind of something that the brain is prompted by with this particular phobia um, is oh. it has a lot to do with vision. A lot of people dis describe it as a feeling of disgust. Yeah. So that, you know, that they feel this, this, this visceral reaction to it that makes them feel nauseous or makes them feel gross or make, and, and the reaction online, even this week when I was posting them, a it was lot great. Of it, it was all like the barf face. It's the barfy emoji <laughs> a lot, the barfy emoji and the like I'm disgust, like, oh, no. right? Like, bleh. what is it about it that makes us feel like that? That seems like that kind of ties into what, what this Dr. Wilkins was saying, yeah. Professor Wilkins, that there is something deeper. It's it's more complex. Yeah. Um, it causes something within us. What is what is that about? So what, what you said was correct. Disgust and fear. Those two concepts are very closely at play here. Um, they occur in separate pieces of the brain. So the reaction that we get from seeing something that makes us afraid or something disgust comes from the autonomic nervous system or otherwise known as like the automatic or the involuntary nervous system, right? So we've got this nervous system whose job is to involuntarily react for us and communicate kind of directly with the brain on what we should do with things very rapidly. Um, within the autonomic ner nervous system, we have two subsets of a nervous system. One is the sympathetic nervous system, which is, you can think of that as like the gas, right? The get going, get moving, get out of here, the flee, the fight nervous system. Um, whereas the parasympathetic nervous system the is the calm fight or flight fight or flight part. Yeah. Um, so both, right. So yes. that's what, what triggers both, both those. Yeah. Right. Whereas the other system is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is more of the break. It's the withdraw, get away, um, make yourself small. It's, it's that calm down nervous system, right? Um, why this is important is because the accelerator is where we see fear. We see um, the sympathetic nervous system being active in the amygdala, which is a very emotional response center um, in this automatic nervous system. So fear very closely associated with emotions, which is why we can see something we love 10 times 
and see something we hate once and that the amount that we feel on the something we hate or the something that we fear is 10 times more powerful it's, it's stronger than than anything else because it is so closely tied with emotion now in the same autom- autonomic emotion and probably also uh, just instinct, instinct as far as, as far as being able to like, that protect, lizard protect brain. oneself. Right? Yeah. yeah. That lizard which brain is really important, which is what we, our body's geared towards. Like we need to protect ourselves. Absolutely. It's, it's an automatic thing. And that's why this nervous system is, that's what its entire goal is to either accelerate us out of something that is dangerous or slow us down so that we can get away from something safely. Like you don't want to run away from a a rattlesnake. You know, you want to stop and back slowly away because you don't want to startle it. And that's those different nervous systems kind of at play telling you how you need to kind of escape this potential threat. I heard one under a rock a few weeks ago. You didn't tell me this. This is when I was was uh, out at the lake in uh, in Elko. Oh. And I went by a rock and heard and heard the the, the rattle. rattle. And I was like right about to step like, over Ugh. that that rock. Nope. And I heard it loud enough to go Ooh, and I did the same I did exactly what did you said. Did you freeze? I just froze and I And then back up. slowly away, right? You know, and we're in rattlesnake country so you have to always be aware. I mean, even in our own backyard we could have one. Cuz the other sometimes. reaction is to jump and to right. to leap or to like to quickly get away. But you immediately know that's a sign of a threat. A threat. Something is going, it could harm me. And think about the shape of the rattles on a rattlesnake. Yeah, they are concentric, concentric yeah. um, because it is, it, it's unnerving for our brain to process. And so here is where the difference between fear and disgust kind of barely separates and they operate in kind of different areas of the brain because that parasympathetic nervous system, um, that disgust reaction really occurs in the anterior in, anterior insula of the brain, which is an entirely different region than the amygdala and serves different functions. However, they're very closely tied. So you can have a very closely tied disgust reaction as well as a fear response. Hmm. Um, because they are so very automatic and they do serve very similar functions, which is to, to save us from something that could potentially be harmful, right? To protect protect ourselves. So this reaction is difficult to study. Um, first off, because a lot of folks don't seek treatment for it because it's more bothersome than it is. It's more of a, get that away from me than it is a, a, oh shit, I'm scared. I'm going to stay in my house. Or like a panic hindrance, Right. Right. Which I mean, it can be, but I mean, it could be either. I'm sure it can you could have those reactions, absolutely. Um, but to have it severe enough to where you seek treatment for it, um, it would have to be pretty, pretty intense. Um, so we don't see that a whole lot. But again, it doesn't diminish the validity of the experience of the fear. It can still be incredibly anxiety provoking. So we've got this like disgust reaction. We've got this fear reaction, and we've got a population that hasn't really sought treatment because it maybe doesn't impede their life enough to go, I need therapy for this. You know, and I think there's, there's, there's the danger factor, which we see with like, like you said, with like snakes and, you know, predatory animals and things, certain things that have, uh, uh, you know, even like, like spiders that have certain types of patterns on their back or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have a sense when you see something that, Oh, that's poisonous or, Oh, that's dangerous. Or that, that probably um, should be there's, eaten. Then there's the other side of this, which is the, the, it's kind of the same thing, the protection thing, but it's, it's when they see concentric patterns or bumps or clusters, it reminds them of disease. Mm-hmm. And 
diseased skin, like when you when you have like chicken pox or you have measles or you have or leprosy or any of these like skin diseases, skin disorders, there's a reason why. And it's sad, you know, people who have eczema and things like that are probably experienced if they have it very, very severely, maybe on their face or in some place that's visible, people pulling back from them. And honestly, as, as, as mean as that is, and as you know, there is a reason for that. There's a reason because we have a natural instinct that's built into us to go, Oh, to be kind of, that is, that's diseased. That, that is, there's something I might catch that. I might get that thing. It's an automatic response that we can't always uh, control, which is very unfortunate because, you know, some of those things are not dangerous. Um, You know, they're not not contagious, but we've just got this lizard brain instinct reaction to these things. Um, You know, is there something living inside of those holes? Is it an infection? It kind of, you know, it stimulates unconsciously and reflexively that old lizard brain However, it also occurs with disease irrelevant clusters, which is what makes this even more difficult to study and and to figure out why we react the way we do to it because it does not have to be disease relevant for us to have an aversion sure, to it. Sure, sure. It doesn't have to. It, it could be like you said it's 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 multiple, but there is something to it about putting it on human skin. So so there's there's this reason why when you see it online you see it so many times they put it in with the American Horror Story, which we're going to talk about later too in the in the cult season. Their marketing, everything was put on like skin on their face on their you know they put those patterns, those honeycombs, those whatever. There was, and those and holes. to bring to bring it back around um, with the skin condition, we haven't made any sexual hole jokes yet, and I'm kind of upset about that. <laughs> I just have to say, hashtag your boring holes. By the way. Um, hashtag well. your boring holes. Yeah, make sure when you're when you're talking about this episode, you hashtag those those boring holes. Hashtag those boring holes. Going no, back to like our first episode or one of, unoffici- our, one of our first episodes. Unofficially, though, um, there was a study that kind of concluded that about 15% of the population may suffer from some form of this trypophobic right. aversion. Um, and if you do have a skin condition, you were more likely to suffer yourself really from trypophobia. Interesting. So think about not just the reaction of other the fear people, of having it on yourself, but the, the fear of other, but the fear of being aversive to others sure. because of sure. these you're things. wanting to cover up, wanting to make sure that they don't see that, that you know, thing. and because you feel, um, you know, instinctively yourself, like something is wrong, even though we know it's not valid. Um, medically, um, you know, so it's, it's very complex and there just hasn't been an opportunity or a lot of, um, you know, research done surrounding trypophobia itself. Have you, did you look into at all the, the concept that it might be possibly OCD related or kind of OCD linked? Um, that was something that I looked into a little bit. So what I found with that is there was some studies not necessarily linked to OCD, um, but more linked to um, the stark contrast um, of shapes with colors. So shapes that were repetitive with a stark light to dark. So like a zebra print. Like you're saying like, like uh-huh. it's light and then you have this that very were dark close, pattern. That were closely grouped together um, that just really caused, you know, this intense reaction in folks, regardless of whether or not you had OCD 
or anything, but I wonder if it's something to do with visual patterns um, in OCD because it is it, it can be so visual um, and visually triggering triggered, I should say. Um, I wonder if there's something with OCD that may also include that kind of visual sensitivity. So it's interesting. I talked to Lacey the other night. We were at your roller derby uh, uh, little practice bout the other day, and and our friend Lacey was there. Go greasers. And- <laughs> And she, we were talking about this a little bit and she was saying that she has this beautiful piece, this tattoo piece on her arm. That's a flower and, and, and some other shapes and stuff like that. And it was done by Tony Jackson. Who's, who, oh, who he's did, magnificent. He did a tattoo on, on me as well. Um, a while back, wonderful artist in Carson city. Um, and she did, she has all of, I think all of her tattoos pretty much are done by him. And he had made, she told him, you know, just do whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Here's the idea. Run with it. And he had made the flower with very small concentric circles. circles. Um, she got home and started looking at it in the mirror and would get nauseous every time she looked at it. Oh no. And was just like disgusted by it and literally had to go back to him and say, you, you have, have to fix it. You have Fill to, it in. You have to change this. Fill it in. You have to change Get this. Get rid of it. She had to change the, they, he went in and changed the patterns and did he, had, and he was like, she's like, he had no fucking clue what I was talking about. He was like, what is wrong with you? Like, what do you mean? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. See, and so she explained it to him and, and you know, what the whole, the whole phobia was all about. There's something visual. And, and he went in and there. changed it and he went in and changed the tattoo and made it, made it different. It's still beautiful. There's um, something visually there. And that's why I'm, about it that's sure. why I'm so curious as to if, if folks with visual impairment issues may experience trypophobia still or some form of it based on one of their other senses. Um, but it is very visually based and it, it tends to be concentric shapes that are in stark contrast between the dark, the darkness in the background or something, but it's, I don't think it's not, it's not always the case for sure. No, but, but there's the, definitely there's something, something there, there visually. Um, I found this comment on one of the articles I was reading, which I thought was super interesting. Um, I, I got to the end of the articles and I was starting to read some of the comments down below. And this guy posted, I'm a physician and I had a visceral reaction to this liver cyst during my surgery rotation in my third year. That fucking thing had this loculated, which is what a great word that I have never loculated. Heard, I've never heard before. Ooh, loculated was basically means clustered. Yeah, um, it's like they used a lot with tumors and stuff. Um, As they and, kind and of multiply, but X-rays they stay where they there. See areas of cluster, like one area, they loculated. Good word. Um, the, that fucking thing had this loculated honeycomb appearance. And I'm shiver cringing as I write this. Shiver cringing. Almost passed out on top of this person. And I'm no wimp. Give me puke or blood or cadavers any day. <laughs> I thought that was Shiver so. He's, he's here during he's doing surgery, and he's you know Which, got this person opened up and on the table, and he sees this this honeycomb, this basically. liver cyst, honeycomb looking liver cyst, and almost passes out. I the feel guy's like in, in, hands deep in blood and guts all the time, all the time. And he's, and he almost passes out when he sees that. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. I thought that was a great, a See, really interesting And that's, little, that's that override thing. of, of the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. It doesn't matter logically what you've done before that, you know, this is what it's going to look like. Sometimes it just incites this reaction that we cannot physically stop. So, so interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, well, are, is there anything else that you want to add on, on this section before we kind of, we can always kind of 
jump back and we go through our movies and stuff. But is there anything else that you wanted to to kind of throw in there? No, let's go for it because I'm um, ready to shiver cringe some more. There's on this a issue. lot. So there's a lot of tripophobic scenes in horror movies, and there's a lot of characters that use that that kind that of, disgust reaction. Yeah, and and I think it's funny. I think that that before this even became a term or a thing, it we was already out by it. it was already established, and people already kind of knew that that was a gross. Or it made them uncomfortable. Thing. Yeah, and we don't maybe even didn't even know why. It just or wasn't the things because you have like Freddie's face and skin is very messed up and diseased looking yeah. and trypophobic, right? And there's a scene in Nightmare Three, Dream Warriors, where he has the the syringe hands and mm-hmm. he and and punk rock Taryn is like a druggie and he he injects her and then there's these little bumps that kind of come alive on her arm Ooh. and like get on and they give it like an up close look to it. I've heard that's a very a triggering scene for a lot of people. Um, but even like Jason's mask, you know, all the clustered holes in Jason's mask, um, pinhead from Hellraiser, you know, the little, just his, his cement, his kind of symmetrical holes all through his face. If you feel, um, if you feel bothered and uneasy during one of these movies and you're not sure why stop and ask yourself what you're seeing visually that might be triggering something automatically under the surface, making you uneasy. And there's tons of body horror, like body horror movies are are one of my favorite categories. Like I love body horror, just like gross transitioning, you know, nasty, good special, like those good practical special effects. Um, And lots of body horror has this, you know, in uh, Slither 2005, when he, there's a lot of just gross, grotesque and bumps cabin fever when she's like slicing her leg oh. off and all that. Um, you know, but I wanted to talk about, and I could have talked about a lot of different, different movies, but I decided on, on the fly and the stuff, um, because those were ones that seemed to come up a lot when I asked people about, it's about, stuff. about more of the body horror side of things, right? Like the, the, the bumps and the just kind of disease skin and that kind of concentric, you know, can't get enough. Of the stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> they just took it off of, of Shutter literally no! yesterday. No! I had watched it. I had watched it two days ago. And apparently yesterday somebody was like, I was halfway through it, and it was just and then it was just it gone. Uh, um and when the Joe Bob had a commentary on it too, which was really fun. So balls. Gotta watch that stuff, man. Gotta gotta file it away. Um and hopefully they'll do like a Shutter presents like blu-ray collection of i would Bob. hope so that'd be really smart someone would be stupid not um, to. but yeah bumps lesions holes these are all tripo tripo triggering effects tripo triggering that's what i i i coined that phrase tripo triggering tripo triggering effects i like it um and so let's let's go ahead and uh and roll our first trailer for 1985's the stuff roll that beautiful bean footage oh my goodness Warning. We interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message regarding the stuff. If you see it in stores, call the police. If you have it in your home, don't touch it. Get out. The stuff is a product of nature, a deadly living organism. It is addictive and destructive. It can overcome your mind and take over your body. And nothing can stop it. Oh, my God. 
are you prepared to say on the air that you've actually seen people devoured by the stuff? Tonight, America is in grave danger. It's gonna kill you! It's gonna kill you all! <laughs> stuff you have been warned so yeah it was it was difficult i think finding uh, movies that were really focused specifically focused you know with with a lot of tripophobic images throughout the whole thing or well, it really felt like it was intentional except for american horror story which we're going to talk about later um which From I think is the start first, to finish, the first, and it acknowledged it in the first two. Yeah, episodes. it really did. Like, like it made an intentional. It effort, was great, um, which was perfect for I think our conversation, and and people really reacted to it. Um, but uh, one of the scenes, so so I, I tended to pick movies that had interest, like scenes or a couple of multiple scenes that that kind of stuck out. Um, and I also love these two movies, so I figured we'll squeeze Can't these get in enough. Of the stuff. Hopefully, we'll, we'll. Why aren't you wearing your fly T-shirt? I know I'm not. What the fuck, I man? I don't know. Um, but we're but the stuff. Uh, we will probably get into again when we do fear of of white oozy goo. Oof. I don't know. Are we going to do that? Yeah. That's the most fear sexual thing you've ever said fear on the show, which is a lot. Mm. Um, but this movie came out in 1985. If you haven't seen it. It's a it's a really fun uh uh 80s body horror it, it has a has this you it's know, great has this anti-corporate anti-consumerism message and and some kick-ass you know commercial music videos uh, just right in the middle of the 80s too so it was just perfect it was directed by King Cohen himself um Larry Cohen rest in peace died earlier this year King Co uh gave us you know it's alive and God told me to and cue the winged serpent. Cue the winged the winged serpent, serpent um, which you need to check out on Shutter, which is still on there. I think with the Joe Bob commentary. I think the, I think Q is still on there. I know they took off the stuff, but I think Q is still on there, um, which is great with the Joe Bob commentary. It's so good. Um, and also watch the King Cohen documentary um, on Larry Cohen, which I think is also on Shutter. If not, it's on a bunch of other apps. And if you don't have shutter, just fucking break down and buy it. Yeah, please. It's, really it's $5. We really should be sponsored by them. I don't know why we haven't been yet. Shutter. Mm-hmm. Come on guys. Um, but here's the quick synopsis of it. A private de- detective investigates a new consumer taste treat. That's absolutely <laughs> delicious and just possibly lethal. This delicious treat called the stuff is actually a living parasitic and possibly sentient organism that gradually takes over the brain and then mutates those who eat it into bizarre zombie-like creatures before consuming them from the inside and leaving them literal empty shells of their former selves. Could not be a more sexual. Oh my gosh. Like I, horror yeah, thing. Yeah, when, when we were watching it with Joe Bob, I kept making memes to send it to, to, Darcy. Uh, to Darcy, the male girl, um, that just, I couldn't not. Not. Just, it could not just be about jizz the whole time because it was this white creamy stuff. So that, it was like the episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother when they all were going through like the marathon and, and having spunk. Spunk, yeah. Spunk. Oh, oh wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was the league. It, it was, was the league. league. <laughs> Spunk. That was definitely a hearkening. Um, but it, but uh, I kept thinking of. So there's a scene in there's a scene in the stuff where a dude gets plastered to the wall, 
in the God. motel room with 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 the stuff well, with the white stuff sticking movie. into the wall. It reminds me of the scene in Scary Movie yep, with Scary Movie with, uh, with what's her name? Um, uh, what is her name? Um, is the stuff Anna Ferris? Is the was stuff ri- was riding the dude? Yeah. On the and then just and then the, the he he comes oh, and yeah. just plasters her to the ceiling because he's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Reminded me of that. But um, yeah, but this, this movie stuff stars, is good stuff. It stars Larry Cohen. Uh, I'm sorry, stars Larry Cohen's go-to um, actor, Michael, Michael Moriarty, um, and also stars a Goodfellas mobster, Paul Servino. Uh, uh, oh. Polly. Polly. Cicero from uh, Goodfellas. Polly. Um, Didn't he get sent to the bottom of the ocean? No, he was... Um, I don't remember. Did he? I don't think he ended up dying in that one. Did they end up knocking him off? I can't remember. But he uh, he he went to jail for a little while. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, but this movie. So when w- the real tripophobic parts of this movie are when the the parasite after they eat the stuff and the stuff has done whatever it's going to do to them, it eventually uh, bubbles up to the surface. Kills of their skin. them. Kills them by mutating their bodies and making them all like kind of break down. And during these scenes, the whoever did the practical effects, which I probably should have given them credit, um, they use a lot of like holes in the backs of their mouths. Like their mouth would open up all, all funky and weird. Uh, the one that's the most talked about and the worst scene, I think for tripophobics is uh, chocolate chip, Charlie Hobbs, which is played by Garrett, Garrett Morris, who was on SNL for Gosh, six years, five or six years. During the good years? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 70, 75 to 1980. Like wow. the best years. I mean, the really good years. Um, he went through the transformation. Like he, he towards the very end of the movie, it's like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Um, his He goes through this transformation and his jaw unhinges. And as his jaw unhinges, you see these diseased looking holes in, in the, the back, back of his mouth. Ugh, I just don't and like the jaw unhinging. As his part. jaw gets wider and wider, you just see it more and it focuses in on it, really focuses in on it. Ugh. And I've heard people. So rude. Uh, when, when we talked about this, we, we were asking people about scenes in movies. That one came up a lot. Um, so that was the reason why we wanted to mention the stuff. Uh, not going to go into it too long. Going to leave it, you know, leave it here. Um, if you haven't seen it, go get it. You won't be blast. able to get enough of the stuff. Can't get enough of, of the stuff. stuff. We got to play that at like the whole one of the whole commercials at like the end or something. Yep. Uh, because it's hilarious and it's really a fun movie. And I, um, I, I we when we watched it with Joe Bob, when Joe was Bob was doing his marathon. Great. Um, it was it was so much fun. Uh, so check it out, the stuff, nineteen eighty five. Uh, but now we're just gonna go one year later. Uh, to probably one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. So that's why I had to squeeze it in. Um, body horror masterpiece Cronenberg, um, uh, all about festering, 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 fresh, fresh, fest, festering. No, pustules. say it with me. Fresh, festering, pustules, Ooh, fresh, fresh, festering, pustules. Ooh, I like that. Fresh, festering, pustules. Um, so let's, let's roll the trailer for the, uh, the 1986 body horror masterpiece, uh, the fly roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, do not do that again. <laughs> I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yep, they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where 
our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed or recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? It wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly. Got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. Could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Help me. Please help me. So this is our main honorable mention for Trypophobia, 1986's The Fly, which I do have an awesome t-shirt of uh, that I'm not wearing. Piss poor planning, Shattag. Well, you know, considering it's 10 <laughs> o'clock on a Sunday and there's nobody else here but you, uh, you know, I suppose. Piss poor planning, Shattag. Um, many of you probably know The Fly and you've, uh, this came, uh, The Fly was originally, a, it was originally a 1958 um, movie that was remade. Hmm. Uh, and I don't think I've ever seen the original. Oh, I need to go back and watch the original. Uh, why but, would you when Jeff Goldblum is just so fucking pure so in this? Good. So good. Uh, David Cronenberg movie. Um, I am a huge David Cronenberg fan. Um, he is the father of modern body horror. Like that's his. He's the father of modern gross. Um, a lot of gross. A lot of good gross. Um, one of my favorite directors. Top 10 film for me for sure. Um, but I also love like. The Brood um, and Scanners, um, Rabid, uh, which, by the way, has a remake. The remake just came out by the Soska sisters of Rabid. Ooh. Um, came out last uh, last month. What else did the Soska sisters do? Uh, American Mary. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, they've done a, a handful okay. of movies. That, I think that's the one I know um, from. Soska sisters released at Fright Fest a few weeks ago. Look for that. Um, I've heard it's really good. They actually got kicked off of Twitter because they put a, an image up that was nice. So grotesque apparently that, that, that Twitter, uh, banned them for a while. Cool. Which, how do you do that when there's porn all over Twitter? I mean, I'm not really sure how that works, but there's porn on Twitter. Oh yeah. Tons of porn. Oh, yeah, I you don't, just look up anything and it's, on I don't there. twat. So. You don't, you don't twatter. Um, yeah. Cronenberg's master. And, and, and one of the things about this phobia that I think really triggers people is that like, diseased bubbling bumps you know just the the is it gonna get on me that yeah that kind of nasty you know thing that we see in these body horror flicks right? do you do you remember these when concentric I, little bumps and these concentric little things that pop up on people's faces and arms and do you remember when, when transforming do you remember that one christmas when i got hand foot and mouth disease mm. yes and i and my yeah. the palms of my hands were covered 
in tiny little dots. Yes. Red dots. Yeah, hand, foot, and mouth disease. And they were itchy. They were so itchy. I would cover my hands in Benadryl cream and then sleep in mittens. Otherwise, oh. I would scratch the skin off of my the palms of my hands. It's so similar to, shing to how shingles. It was horrible. Uh, my, my, ex, my ex-wife got shingles. Uh, maybe it's just living with me that causes yeah. these, uh, these these stressful things. Dude. To pop up, but, um, no, she got it when she was. No, right? I got when, that from the boys. Remember the yeah, boys home from school. barely had it. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. They had it very lightly. And oh, then you thank got God. It the worst. I, that's fine. But, oof. but that con that like, that like, I the felt visual disgusting. is terrible, but, but the, also the, the, the feeling that you can't scratch an itch. An itch skin. you can't scratch. Oh, it was the man. worst, but like just seeing those concentric holes on my skin, I remember being like disgusted and my, like, this is fucking disgusting. Hmm. Well, so Cronenberg, uh, is the master of putting those disgusting things into our brains. Um, and it, so, so much so that he's become an adjective. Really. Yeah. I mean, Cronenberg is Cronenbergian and Cronenberg is, well, is, is like, he's made it to family Guy. So Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty, was Rick and Morty, not family guy. Oh. I'm sure he's made it to Family Guy the, too. The though. Rick and Morty episode where they all turn into Cronenberg was, was right. the best. Yeah, that was so good. Um, and I think that's what we should all attain in our lives is try to become an adjective, right? I mean, don't we want all, hey, want to all be an adjective? That's a great. That's a great thing to aspire to be. Be an yeah, adjective. Be an adjective. Yeah, be well, something that, although you don't want to be, it could be a negative. Though, I was too. like, you don't want to be like, <laughs> don't be such a fucking Drew. <laughs> I mean, don't be a Bundy. That's probably not, don't be a Bundy. <laughs> that's probably not a good thing, right? No, no. Uh, well, let's get the synopsis here. Quit being so OJ. Uh, when scientist Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, completes his teleportation device, he decides to test its abilities on himself. Ruh -ruh. Unbeknownst to him, a housefly slips in during the process, leading to a merger of man and insect. Ugh. Initially, Brundle appears to have undergone a successful teleportation, but the fly's cells begin to take over his body. As he becomes increasingly fly-like, Brundle's girlfriend, played by Gina Davis, is horrified as the person she once loved deteriorates into a monster. No, but like literally deteriorates. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's yeah. like leprosyric Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really, it's really graphic. And I remember, I remember this, um, one of the reasons it's one of my favorites is because it was a kinder trauma for me because I, <laughs> I was told to go kinder to bed. Kinder trauma? This was one that I distinctly remember. They rented it. We watched, we rented this and we rented some other kitty younger movie that I was able to watch. Right. So we watched the first movie and then it was my bedtime and I didn't want to go to bed and I went mm -hmm. to bed and my, Quote, bed, my bedroom was upstairs and everybody was downstairs in the living room. And if I came down, there was a dark hallway. If I went and sat in that dark hallway, nobody would see me. So there was a lot of times I would come in and I would sit in that dark hallway when they thought I was in bed and watch whatever they were watching. And I Aww. remember watching this. And it was probably 87 or 86, maybe even right after it came out, uh, watching this while they were and, and and seeing the first scenes. I think I may have ran upstairs and gone to bed after. You're like, oh, no. Fuck after this. I saw the first couple of scenes of him coming out. I'm out. And, like actually transforming. Um, but those images are really stuck in my head. I'm out. So it was, it was but I think as, as a tripophobic, um, one of the things that I think, you know, this movie, we'll probably circle back to this movie again. Hopefully mm. we'll do a fear of flies episode and we can really dive, dive into this, this one. Uh, but the gnarly tripophobic scenes are as he's transforming from a human into a fly. So we see a the initially, and this is a question I, I, I have for you and I'm really curious about this. And if, if you're a tripophobic out there, I'm, I'm curious Let if this see. is a thing. 
the beginning of his transformation, he just starts to have like acne, right? His face just gets kind of acne mm-hmm. and pock marks. Like do trypophobics have a fear of people with like severe acne? I'm curious. It's possible. Like, I mean, like, like Edward James almost like if you have Edward, right. Edward James almost face, like that pock mark face, you know, um, is that, is that something that, Freaks about Edward James almost face. Oh my God, you're so rude. Uh, have you seen Edward James almost face? I have, but you there's don't. There's a distinctive Edward James almost there's face. There's a way to frame it. And if you have it, I'm sorry. It's a bummer. But, but no, I, I imagine. You're beautiful in your own way. I imagine. He's a famous actor, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not aversive enough to keep famous people from acting, but I mean, I guess if you have trypophobia severe enough, any kind of concentric, you know, um, concentric, uh, closely grouped shapes, whether it be on skin or not, probably would be somewhat bothersome. Yeah. I mean, so I was really curious about that. Like if, if you have somebody who just had this, you know, like you run across a a 16 year old kid who's just got acne all over his face. Is that a, is that a trigger? I suppose it could be. I don't know. Some people are definitely turned on by it because there's a lot of folks that watch Dr. Pimple Popper and, and buy like little pimple popping machines. You people, are the problem with society, you know, there's pimple popper people, well, not, not just that, <laughs> but like we had somebody reach out on social media and let us know that they felt like these concentric circles or shapes were actually soothing. That's right. And not, That's right. not alarming or disturbing at all, yeah. but more so those images they found really, really soothing. Yeah. Um, and she called herself a philiac, a which philia- I was, was so fun. Yeah. She's like, um, she's like, I want to like rub my hands on them. And like, it's, it's so that's, soothing. And There's that's why I'm curious it. whether or not this trypophobia would translate across senses. Um, you know, is it, at, it, can you have trypophobia induced by touch or does it become soothing when those things are, when it's not visual, right? Sure. When it's more touch, does it become more soothing? So it's, it's just such an interesting reaction um, that we can kind of manipulate across the spectrum depending upon what senses we use. Yeah. So I was watching the fly yesterday and as I was watching it, I was, I was trying to like pay attention to like his transformation as it kind of progressed. So after he goes through the teleportation thing, at first he's, he's all Superman. And then he slowly goes through the transformation. And that was one of the first things was he got real acne looking, um, and then started getting more kind of pop marky. And then he started getting the boils, right. More like boiled skin, skin that was bumpy and textured and on his face, his face started getting very grotesque so- and the, and that body transformation is what I hear makes people very uncomfortable. Well, think about, think about what happens a lot of, um, to a lot of folks who struggle with methamphetamine addiction because Mm. the methamphetamine crystallizes in, in their body. Um, it comes from the inside out trying to push its way. And that's why there are those marks on their skins because they're either literally picking at the crystallized version of methamphetamine underneath their skin. Um, excuse me, or it's, you know, it's creating these lesions because it's burning from the inside out. Um, and that definitely I've seen folks that, that have had such, um, severe methamphetamine reaction that, that it's disturbing. They look like they look like it, that, that, that they're, they're, they're grotesque body transformation. Right. And they're not, you know, they're not diseased. It's just they are diseased. That, well, so, way, something sure. is trying to come out of their body that isn't supposed to be there, and our brain has a natural reaction to that. To go, well, I don't want that to happen, or I don't, 
I don't want that to somehow be, you know, me. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually 10,000, about 10,000 words into a, a book that I'm, I'm so excited starting for to that write book. Uh, that, that deals with meth as kind of a central theme in the, I love your first in, chapter. In the, uh, yeah. So it was great. That'd be an interesting, cause I think it's really interesting and, and I, you could play on a lot of that, like, um, uh, that, how meth really does kind of take over and take over your body and like, well, it um, represents, it represents to um, kind of the, the disease that is within, you know, the thing that drives us right. to um, addiction and self-destruction, you know, things like that. So as, as our, our brundle fly starts taking shape, um, you know, he's mutating, his skin is changing. He gets this grotesque, body transformation. There's all these really gnarly, gross scenes. Um, but towards the end, right. As he is, is he, when he is in his, his like worst, well, almost worst state when he's still partly human. Um, but he's about ready to like go full, go full, fly? full, full fucking fly. Um, he jumps through the window into the doctor's office at the end. And she's, she's going in to get an abortion because she's going to have a fly baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or babies. And he's just covered head to toe mutated and with these bumps and boils and, and, and just looks, I mean, his, his face is all sideways and grotesque and gnarly. And, and um, so, you know, the whole thing is, is one part of this, but, but, you know, people, I think people really are just the disease skin part, the bumps, the close concentric bumps, like all those things. And I, I, was, I was looking at it, I was going, yeah, if I, if this was a thing of mine, like this would be really, really hard to watch. And I could have chosen a lot of different movies that have like pulsating skin um, and body horror tropes, Bubbling um, it's not skin. uncommon. Um, but this is just like an example of what we were, a couple of, of really good about, ones, you know? Well, this is the, these are some good examples of kind it's not of not just porous surfaces and right. clustered holes. It's diseased. And, this and is the diseased bumps and skin portion yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas trypophobia really kind of encompasses even the non diseased images, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and that's, and that's where I think our main, uh, feature our feature presentation really nailed it well, on the head. You loved this too. And you watched it three times, probably three times from start the to finish. whole way through to kind of get um, everything that was there. So and I think this is the first it. time that you've been like more into watching the, the feature than I have yeah. uh, as far as like really diving into it. And I, I really enjoyed it too. And I, I, I've enjoyed the whole series. Um, but they really doubled down on, they did. They great. really doubled down on phobias in general, on which is fear. Great. Fear. Fear was the, is the emphasis is the theme. Um, but let's go ahead and roll the, the trailer. Do not say beautiful <laughs> bean footage. I will kick you right, right in the box, right in the box. No beautiful bean footage. No, it's ugly. Gross phobia footage. Gross bean footage. Well, bean beans, <laughs> beans could be, uh, tripophobic, you know, they, dump out a can of beans. Yes. Yeah, like be, it's all concentric bean know? shaped. It's a good point. Not yeah. bad, not bad. Well, let's take a look at the at the trailer for. Uh, was it 2017 that came out? Yeah. Uh, Last year was Apocalypse. American Horror Story season seven, cult. And now our feature presentation. What's the thing that scares you the most? It is now official. Donald Trump is the next oh, president of the United States. Since election night, it has just all been getting so much worse. The recurrence of the chlorophobia? Yes, the clowns. Oh, he was right there! Allie, 
This is ridiculous. I know what I saw. What fills your heart with dread? Children. I've always enjoyed children. Here, I got this for you. Just don't tell your moms. I'm not making this up. I don't know how much more of this I can take. If you get people scared enough, they will set the world on fire. It's the most intense physical pain you've ever experienced. When I open this door, do not let go of my hand. American Horror Story called premieres Tuesday, September 5th on FX. So American Horror Story Season 7, the cult season. Definitely, uh, you know, this this whole show has been kind of a polarizing show, I think. For sure. Some people love it or hate it. Some people love certain ep- certain seasons and can't stand other seasons. Agree. Um, and I've had, I definitely have my favorites. Couldn't um, stand Roanoke. We were just talking about it. Like, you didn't like Roanoke. I liked Roanoke, okay. Um, I really liked Freak Show as my, like, Freak favorite. Freak Show was pretty good. Um, you liked the first season. I like Murder House. Murder that House was, is, like, your favorite season. It was which great. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, Has Zachary Quinto I liked the it. Asylum season. Uh, Asylum was good. I liked. Did you like Coven? I liked Coven okay. Like I didn't. It was okay. I didn't hate it. You know, I liked the fact that it was set in New Orleans and it had the, really the whole fun. voodoo side yeah. of it. So I and think, we got to see we got to see the murder house. Remember, we went by the house that's based on that murder house, um, La Lorie Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The La Lorie Mansion. Mansion. Yeah. We saw that when we were yeah, in New Orleans. It's turned into like apartments, yeah. and they try and pretend like it didn't happen there, but it did. Yeah, and and, and it was it Angela Bassett played Marie Laveau, mm-hmm. and that was a great season. Um, but this cult season, we'd started watching last year i think sometime and we got maybe halfway through it and we didn't finish it yeah um so i remembered a lot of it as we as we rewatched it this this past week and we kind of had a distaste of it because i didn't i didn't I, of a political yeah, theme the political theme so i when i first dove into it uh i just didn't even want to touch it because it was <laughs> it was so fresh off the elections and and you know politics was just ugly and everything's just been ugly with politics lately and and so i just didn't want to you know, on all sides. I didn't want to even, I didn't want to even touch it, you yeah. know? And I think that was initially a bit of a turnoff. Um, but as you'll see, I think throughout the, the, this, this season really tackles politics in a really interesting way. And actually, um, lampoons oh, politics on all sides everyone. and it makes, and, and, and that's kind of the point of the, of the season in a lot of ways is to show, uh, the, what the foundations of kind of our political system are, um, or and, how those decisions have come have to come be. about. Sure. Um, uh, but this season was created by, uh, the, the creators of the show, uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Fulchik, um, who do have, have done just a really, really, f- I mean, if, if nothing else, American horror story has brought, um, it's horror to the masses. Horror to, yeah. It's brought horror to the masses and, and done it in a, in a pretty graphic, like it's not, it doesn't pull back. I mean, no. it doesn't hold back. I mean, there's dudes getting banged with, you know, screw dicks with screw dicks in, in <laughs> hotel season. Right. Uh, there's been some weird shit in this, in this, uh, they've done a good job, you know, with that kind of stuff. So, and this is um, on main street, you know, this is on FX, this mm-hmm. is on, you know, regular television, television. Yeah. And each episode is directed by multiple people. Um, so this, this particular season, there was a, there were some episodes directed by Angela Bassett. Um, Jennifer Lynch directed one of them, which is, uh, uh David Lynch's daughter. Oh, um, yeah. so I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Um, the cast a lot of the cast is repeated from previous. Yeah, it's a recurring cast, a lot but of the playing cast, different characters. Sure, which is fucking brilliant. Like they are amazing actors and actresses. Yeah, they really are. And and like uh, Sarah Paulson plays Allie Mayfer Richards, which is kind of our central character. She's one of our main central characters. 
Um, she's the trypophobic. She's the one who has all the phobias in the beginning. Um, Allison Pill uh, plays Ivy Mayfair Richards, who's her her wife. Um, she's in her 30s, but I always think of her like younger. Yeah. Younger roles. Like, have you ever Googled her? She's She had the short hair in this one, and she looked kind of different. But she has longer hair in other roles. She was in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh. Um, and she was also in uh, – she was in Cooties, to that movie with um, uh, Elijah Wood. Um, really fun little funny horror flick. Um, and then and then we have Evan Peters, who Which plays Kai Anderson. The fucking and, and honestly, season. that guy just just is stole the whole season. Like, if you think of the amount of roles he's played since the first season through 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 now, I mean, it's it's really incredible. And I can't it, believe that neither he nor Sarah Paulson are going to be in 1984. Yeah, apparently they're not doing That's the new crazy. one. Which, you know, maybe they're planning their ex- exit thing. strategy. You know, maybe it's time to move on. But, but still, but fantastic. Yeah, so good. And in this, in this season, Kai he plays Kai Anderson, um, but he also plays Jim Jones. He plays <laughs> Andy Warhol. Manson. He plays Charles Manson. Um, I mean the guy and, and really convincingly and, and just I didn't even recognize that he was Andy Warhol until I went back this third time <laughs> watching watch and I went, what the f-? wasn't there a David Koresh scene too? Yeah, David, David Koresh, Koresh as well. He was all of these, you know, kind of cultish Cult leaders. Yeah. Um, really holy shit, like so amazing. good. Pretty, pretty, pretty badass. What a performance. Um, Billy Lord is in this one. Uh, she plays Winter Anderson. Um, and she was, she's also in star Wars, the last Jedi and mm-hmm. force awakens, uh, as Lieutenant Connix, um, also in screen Queens, also the daughter of Carrie Fisher. Um, oh, that's you know that? right. Yeah, she's, she's Carrie Fisher and, uh, Eddie Fisher's daughter. That's right. Um, so comes from a, a pretty solid lineage. Nah. <laughs> um, wow. and then we have Billy Eichner, um, as Which, the neighbors, Harrison Wilton. Hell yeah, Billy. And Leslie Grossman, who's, who's also, uh, you, you'd recognize her in a second too, uh, plays Meadow Wilton, his, his kind of wife, like. It's his uh, his gay his, wife, his gay wife for life. Wife, yeah. They said by the time they were thirty, if neither of them were married, that one they those, would get married. Yeah, you deals. know, and so that's our that's our cast, and and they really did an incredible job, and and that's one thing that I've, I've really appreciated about these shows is that they they really do have phenomenal acting performances. Yeah. Um, so. What is this season about? I tried to find a synopsis of the season. I really couldn't find like a good succinct synopsis to read. So I kind of made my own. There's so many tangents. It just goes off into a lot of different areas. But ultimately, American Horror Story season seven is about fear. Mm -hmm. Like it is about fear. And that's why I think for our show, like this was so spot on as we're watching it. We're going, oh, man, this is perfect. Perfect. And in the first few episodes, we see them. So. So probably like a lot of you, we, we've been we've been really big fans of some seasons. Have been starstruck, you know, struck. Uh, some seasons struck us as better than others, um, and this season didn't grab me right away. Like we said, um, especially because of the political theme, it grabbed me it. right um, away. And I just don't want to watch the shit out of something that I try to avoid on a daily basis. <laughs> well, which which is funny because I am so like. Last year was, or not last year, last time that voting was around was the first time I ever voted in my life. So I am very not political because I believe Whereas I am much more political. Very political. Yeah. And, and I'm a lot- I'm just getting I'm a lot like a Meadow in this where she's like, you know, some people should just not vote because like me, uh, unless you do your research and you're informed, it, it's not helpful to just kind of vote off of a whim. And that's, that's kind of been my belief my whole life, which well, is why I never it's voted. The belief that you're not smart enough to vote. Like you haven't done enough. And, exactly. And then, like I don't have like that who's basis. Running, who's running for, for offices and you I realize know. that, you know, 
So the, so the fact that this season there. grabbed me and not you, I found was really interesting right. because I thought I would be turned off. But what it. really, what you find out as you go through this whole season is that ultimately it's not really about politics. It's about the cult of personalities on all sides um, and how fear motivates us and controls our lives. It's really about the glitter. It's about the, how the how fear controls every part of our lives. And, and, and it spends a fair amount of time, I think, lampooning both Democrats and Republicans uh, on both sides and really shows like what's motivating these various parties. But our main, we start out with our main character, Allie Mayfair, Richard, Richard, Sarah Paulson. Um, and she is really, they're really demonstrating in the first few episodes, the practical picture of fear. Mm-hmm. This is how I put the it. The everyday picture of fear. Practical picture of fear displayed through everyday phobias, mm-hmm. right? Some phobias that we may consider, you know, extreme, but she has others that are common. She has a whole fucking mess of them. Yeah. She's got a bucket. So she suffers from, uh, some that we've covered already. Um, cholerophobia, the fear of clowns. Um, she suffers from hemophobia, the fear of blood, which we haven't done yet. We should do that one. Um, phobia, which is the fear of coffins. Uh, actually she may not be, that was the other, that couple. was the other couple. There was another couple that suffered from the fear of coffins. Um, but she was agoraphobic. Um, as well, which they brought up. And we find out all of um, this while she is undergoing therapy. Right. She's going through a therapist and the therapist is bringing out. And she is calling out these phobias. She's saying, you know, well, that the election, the election brought, right. We, we have Trump winning the election. We, we show the beginning, right. We got the election going on. Trump wins the election. Kai Anderson blends up a bunch of Frito, of Cheetos, of Cheetos and, and then puts them all face, over his face, which is to rub it into his simultaneously sister. hilarious. And the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Pretty disturbing. <laughs> But then we have the the you know we have Sarah Paulson and and we have the the, the main couple Ivy, Ivy and, and Ivy and Allie, who are a lesbian couple, and they have a son, and they are Oz. losing their mind right after the election. Donald Trump won. We're not going to be we're you know they're going to outlaw gay marriage. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to deport. Our life is they're going to deport our nanny. They're going to deport our nanny. They're going to deport our you know they're going to do all these things and they're losing their minds right. They're just like everything is over. Everything's over and just just collapsing. Um, and so that triggers Allie's fears. So now her to go pho- into hyperdrive triggers, triggers her, her phobias, uh, kicks them into high gear. And we see her in the therapist office talking about like the clowns. Yeah. She and- starts seeing clowns in the grocery store and, and they all sus- suspiciously have, uh, things on their masks that incite her phobias. So we've got, so then we get into, Specifically, so we can talk about all the various fears she goes through. Yeah. She has a, a, a bunch of them, and it's really a fun kind of tr- uh, a fun dive. Uh, I won't say dive, a fun deep dive, <laughs> a fun uh, uh, discussion about a lot of different phobias. Yeah. But then we find out she's sitting in the in the therapist office, and she sees coral, a piece of coral, up on the shelf. She's been going there for a while. And she brings up the fact that that thing is driving her. It's looking it, it's, at her. It's, 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 it's driving her crazy. It's looking at her. It's whatever. And he's, he's like, well, you've been here for you know, Why lots of sessions. Why hasn't this bothered you before? Well, it's all these phobias are starting to pop up again. And we see the coral up close and it's, it's just a tripophobic nightmare. Oh, absolutely. Right. So it's, it's got all of these porous holes and just very incongruent and out of various colors. And it's just, it's light and dark contrast. Light and dark, right. And, red, and, red and white. Ugh. Um, so, then we start seeing these tripophobic things everywhere. We start everywhere, right? We see them on the, that she's being attacked by clowns and there's this clown gang and the, there's holes all in the mask, right? Um, we start seeing it in her crumpets. 
You know, oh, she's, yeah. she's eating crumpets and then and they blood start starts oozing, coming, blood. oozing blood, which is, Ugh. which is even worse. Cause it's like, that's part of the Two disease thing, but it does, but you know, her blood phobia as well. Um, crumpets. That's another thing we didn't talk about food. There's a lot of trypophobic food. There's so many trypophobic foods. Um, yeah. Like, like crumpets are a big deal. Those ones that sell at Trader Joe's. I saw that one pop up at Reddit a lot. Oh, really? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the crumpets at Trader Joe's that, that are just. All the nooks and crannies, nooks and crannies. are bothersome. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, uh, uh yeast. Um, or like bread dough, dough before it's like when it's real yeasty and it has a lot of like the sourdough and stuff Ooh, I like wonder that. pancakes when they're rising. Pancakes when they're rising. Oh. Yeah, people, when they start bubbling on top. Yeah. Um, coffee, coffee oh, bubbles. Oh, like the little coffee bubbles. Coffee bubbles. That, that, or soda bubbles, I guess. Yeah, any sort of like concentric bubbles. bubbles. Um, and so for the sake of this episode, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about, before we even talk more about the episode, the episodes themselves, um, Let's start with the marketing for this season. Brilliant. So people went so far. I even saw like comments. So I, there was an American Horror Story cult uh, Reddit forum that I was reading through. And there were people who who literally said, you people are disgusting, disgusting and irresponsible. Like, how dare you trigger people like this? Like, that's how visceral people were. Yeah, they did not um, like. You know, and so in, in the marketing, we see. They used a lot of honeycomb imagery. Oh yeah. Um, and one of my favorites was the nose of the clown. They actually had the the nose of a clown in one of the ads was was all a honeycomb. It was red, but it was all a honeycomb. What's really interesting is the dual function that serves because it serves to Both. it serves to highlight the hive mentality um, as well as cause that kind of underlying Ooh, like disturbance. You yeah. didn't notice that? I, I didn't think about that. The oh, hive mentality. Oh shit! I got some yeah, stuff the bees for you and that kind of stuff. Ooh. Get ready. Um, I'm gonna take you on a wild ride, honey. The the woman lifting up her tongue in, yeah. in that one. Oh, and there's all holes it's like a, underneath. It's like it's like a strawberry though. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed it was like a strawberry because it had like kind of like little little, little prickles seeds. coming off of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and she's also painted up like a clown, so it does again dual function. This this goes back to our cholerophobia the last couple weeks. Oh yeah. Um, clown face rising up through the water. You with would thousands not. thousands of tiny bubbles surrounding it you would not like this season if you did not like clowns if you did not like a lot of things there's a lot of things in this a lot of things that would that would be a problem um the clown mask in the clear game we just talked about the clustered little holes punched in it uh, these are all their ads, by the way. These are all various ads that that were used. Someone in marketing um, is fucking evil. Tiny symmetrical clown heads, like barnacles, mm-hmm. that they had like barnacles. circled around. Oh, um, octopus tentacles. Yeah, that barnacles, good. tentacles. <laughs> um, so they used that theme too, but it was just clown. It was like clown heads, but it was all looked like little, almost looked like barnacles. Uh, weird black webbed like honeycomb mask that was covering a blue head. So again, that contrast, yeah. blue and black. Um, with bees rummaging around on it. So it looked like it was kind of like things are crawling in and out. Um, and these were all just such vivid Visceraled. images too. Uh, honeycomb mirrored reflection with a, like a clown face in it. Um, it was like a clown face, but it was all mirrored and honeycombed um, and kind of distorted. Uh, there was, uh, and, it, and even in, even in some of the up close images. So like, like you would have to really zoom in. Some of the clowns eyeballs are honeycombed Ooh. inside of their eyeballs. You wouldn't even notice it if you if you didn't like zoom in. So they, there's a lot of wow. little details in their marketing that they did, and they did that throughout every single episode. Too. Lots of scenes. They yeah. they brought in you know scenes where there's clowns with the holes in the mask, but also everything in the background, in the background. of the grocery store yeah. is symmetric and yeah. consent. Con, 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 what is it? Concentric. Concentric. Yeah. 
Uh, probably the most recognizable marketing image is the is the, the honeycomb head, head. The, the head cut off, right? Or top of her head's cut off, and her brain's like a honeycomb. The hive mind. Um, blue woman. I'll, I'll, I'll get through these. These are all different marketing things, and I went through every single one of them because I was like, and that's where I got nauseous. I started going through <laughs> it, and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, the blue woman pulling her eyelids up to reveal honeycomb eyes. Ooh. Um, the bleeding porous crumpets was one of the mm. marketing images. Um, the chick laying in a vat of honey with honeycombs beneath the surface. And her, it was almost like a, like a coffin of honeycombs and her skin is, is covered in like the standard tripophobic holes that you Ooh. see, you see the, the images of like, she's got those, those on uh. her body. Um, and then finally, um, there's the up close picture of the coral, uh, in the office, mm. um, of the, I'm so glad you didn't the send office. all of these to me. <laughs> Well, I'm going to, I'm going to create like a little like slideshow of them. You are <laughs> for, for our, just like for disturbing our, for our marketing everyone. this week. Um, but overall, I think this season really tackles fear as like a motivating concept in our relationships with one another, um, as neighbors, as citizens, as different genders, as races. Um, and then ultimately in our, you know, individual politics. Um, you know, and I, I, I think, like I said, it starts out with this phobias, these phobias, She's dealing with all of these personal phobias, right? Well, everybody in in the show is dealing with these phobias. I went in different back ways, and, yeah. I went back and I uh, looked up the vulnerabilities that kind of Kai uses to make people lose their minds. Well, what's Kai's fears? I mean, Kai has his all, Kai has all these deep seated fear, fears. Kai too. has a fear of being nothing. Yeah, and he has perpetually throughout his life done nothing with his life, and that is his biggest fear. Um, and so that's how his fears and vulnerabilities that um, really are what made his cult personality grow and thrive. Um, but it did take someone, his own therapist, nourishing that, right. which I think that was the old, that it, was yeah. the only thing about this season that really bothered me was that the therapists, therapists, are, a good therapists <laughs> are always perceived as like these people that can manipulate people and we can. And I think that's a that's a. Uh, a warning to us because it is very easy to manipulate someone when you're aware of their vulnerabilities. Well, and, and, and it is your responsibility as a therapist to not use those for evil, right. but for good. Because looking at our vulnerabilities and discovering them and exploring them is part of what fills up those holes inside of us. And that's really what all of this is about it's about everyone seeking knowingly or unknowingly to fill the holes inside of themselves and to feel whole hmm. period That's so you what, think that was what the tripophobic kind of like everything theme was and why it was so everything and why i like that i think that's i think you're probably spot on and i, I think that's that's exactly what you know and, and as you go through we start seeing we start seeing fear manifest into cultural action Mm -hmm. Right. That's how the cult starts forming. Right. Kai Anderson, uh, the, the Evan Peters character starts forming this cult, um, out of fear of women taking over the but liberals taking over the, you know, the, the, the immigrants, the, you know, the kind of the racist motif. And, all and that's that. what and we learn in the first couple of episodes. We learn what vulnerabilities Kai uses to use fear as a motivator for people to protect themselves. So for instance, Billy Eichner's character, his fear was of acknowledging that he was gay um, and of actually being in a relationship with a man um, and of being alone, which is why he married. Um, well, an inferiority. And I mean, we saw that in the, in the gym, right? Like, But his, that was because boss. he was gay. Right. It was because he was gay, but it was also 
and something internal with him where he just he he felt like he had no control over the things around him. Like other people were forcing him to be something else. Right. You know? And then Beverly, um, she was was the reporter, right? She was the reporter. reporter. She was dealing with, you know, being, these are all people that ended up in his cult, right? Being, uh, being an older uh, African-American woman who also struggled with mental health, which they did not touch on. They really did. Except for to mention, welcome back. She had a a, a breakdown, um, you know, from, but they showed her, they did show her breakdown. They showed it a little bit. They they showed the clips of of when she was breaking down and what was causing it. But that was something for her that was that was her fear was of of kind of dealing and rationalizing with that and of of feeling inferior or feeling powerless because of that. Um, Chaz Bono's character, the grocery store owner who saws his own arm off yeah. um, to go and vote for Trump because Kai trapped him in his basement and was basically and like, him, tell me, basically it, yeah. like, if you believe in this so much, prove it. Show it. Yeah. You know, and he sawed his own arm off. That's that his fear came from a fear of being replaced by immigrants. Right. Of not being no longer having a place of being displaced by some alien form, whether it be, you know, um, immigrants or someone else taking his spot. It, for him, it happened to be kind of thrust onto immigrants in particular. Um, we see Kai, his fear of being nothing. His father expressed to him that he was nothing and he was never going to be anything. Um, his brother was a therapist. His sister was going to, you know, Berkeley or wherever, college, a great yeah. college, you know. And, and he was, was just, just And he home. was at home on 4chan, you know, just yeah. wasting away his life um, before Kai killed his mom and yeah, his Yeah, he was dad. an incel, basically. Yeah, he was an incel. Um, Winter, desperately, no matter how much she tried, she really strove to get um, the acceptance of the males in her life she was afraid of not being accepted mm-hmm. by males and projected and had that, that daddy that daddy issue stuff too because dad was dad was a was abusive right and dad had had been at and she was and, the youngest and then dad had died that was the whole thing about their parents being killed and they just left the bodies in there in like house. a mausoleum like <laughs> in their in bedroom this, basically just left yeah, them there so they, they covered them in them. lie which was which was the older brother who happens to be the therapist and then we've got Ali's Kai. therapist yeah being Ali's therapist and then we've got um Winter, who's the youngest, and she was away at college when the parents died. And she really just wants male acceptance in her life, even though we see her um, going out and participating in um, the Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign, campaign and right. being very pro-woman and I'm a feminist and blah, blah, blah. But yet her biggest fear is not being accepted by the men in her by life. Men. Yep. Um, Allie has a fear of confronting her fears in general, she does not want to get the feeling of fear. So she takes out everything in her life that could possibly cause her these things. And then when the election happens, it brings all of these all vulnerabilities to the, to the surface. And she starts seeing them everywhere and refusing to confront them and using these same old behaviors to try and avoid them. And they're not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Ivy. Ivy is terrified of not being a true mother, you know. Allie gave birth to their son, Oz. Right. Ivy so she did has not. that inferiority complex this, of, I don't, I wasn't the one who actually I have experienced pregnancy or yeah. wasn't the actual mother. So therefore know? I'm not this true mother. And so the whole time she is so fearful of not actually being a mother and not having that thing that kind of leaves your presence on this earth after you're gone. Really the only one that we see who's. Who dealing, also ends up being in part of the cults. So yep. The cults end up being the neighbors, right? Billy, 
Billy Which is Eichner why I went through and, all those people. Right. Those were all the people that were ultimately that end, up, that in end up in that in the cult, in Kai Anderson's cult at one point or another, in one facet or another. And Kai, the only person really in in this show who is exhibiting like a true curiosity for their fears um, in a in an appropriate way and kind of exploring them in an appropriate way would be Oz. Oz is reading scary stories. Which, and is, the, having, which is the child. The child. It's Allie and, and Ivy's child. Yeah. He he is actually. He's probably but seven years old or seven eight or years eight, old. Yeah. Like he actually is working on confronting and almost befriending his fears. Right. Um, when winter comes and really screws that up um, and makes it way too intense. But he was appropriately working on it. He was reading the stories on mm-hmm. Twisty the Killer, you With know. Twisty and, the Clown. And processing those fears. And his mom was was. Uh, Allie was initially trying to hide him from those fears, to shield him from those fears, right? Right. But we see because he, those are her fears. Because those not are not because they're too. his things right. that he needs to deal with. It's because of the things that she needs and she to doesn't deal want with. him to be afraid of them either. Right. So if I just take them if away, I shield then he them, won't right. be which afraid. is the opposite of what you should be doing exactly. with your fears. Your fears are to you should be confronting those fears. We should be befriending. Our and even fears. the way that he that he confronts Kai later on. Cause they bring him to this mm-hmm. cult. They have this cult house and he confronts Kai on his bullshit. Yeah. And like, Kai sees through it all. Yeah. He's uh, Oz, not Kai. Oz, Oz sees, sees through, through it all. all of Kai. Yeah, yeah. All of Kai's bullshit. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it's interesting. So overall, I though, I, I think this season, it really tackles fear as a motivating concept in our relationships, you know, with one of, with one another, you know, as neighbors, as citizens, as different genders, like I was saying, as races, you know, and ultimately in our individual politics, mm-hmm. Um, but it really tackles fear as human conditioning, yep. which I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, the politics of fear as being the, the reason why these political parties thrive on fear you know, and fear the reason tactics. why that our, 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 our politics in the United States, what drives these extremists, this extreme polarization, right? These extremist sides, um, and, and and why we continue to vote for these awful people to yeah. represent why us. Why did this happen? You know, this this is really and I, and I thought it was so interesting. By the time it got to the end of the of the of the the, the season, um, you know, we see these characters progress and and particularly Allie, right? We see her being triggered by the election to then dealing with these cacophony of these different phobias that are coming back to torment her. And then we see the character of Kai developing his own cult of personality that includes, you know, Allie and the neighbors and all that stuff like we talked about, um, the local cop, the news reporter, you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff. Everyone. Um, and we see overreactions and irrational fears that surface after this election. And, and, and if you think about it, like we see this in our culture every time there's an election. All the time. Every time we had an election that I've, since I've been alive, um, we see these overreactions from every ideological side. You know, um, we see extremism of all kinds taking like this bully pulpit, um, no matter what party takes over the Oval Office. Um, you know, extremism always has fear at the center of it. Yeah. Always. Always. Fear is at the center of any extremist point of view, any political party. Um, you look at the rise of fascism in Germany and Italy. You look at the rise of communism in Russia and China. These things always inject fear into the people first. Why is it so effective, though? It's because fear brings every emotion to the surface, and it makes us so it's, raw. It's the foundational principle. It's got it to be the foundational principle, or you cannot control people. You cannot control people without fear. That's why extremism has to prey on fear. Because we become desperate to be soothed. 
of that pain. We become desperate to be soothed of that raw emotional feeling that fear brings about. We become desperate to be safe again. And when we become desperate, we become willing to, to, um, completely go against our own values and, and, and you know, ideals. You know what's so interesting right now in, in, in history at this moment is that we're safer now than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Literally in history, if you are living in the United States of America, you are safer now than you have ever been throughout history. Like we have lower crime rates. We have lower, believe it or not, violent shootings and and acts of violence uh, or, or personal violence and things like that are I've all been been going down, trending downward. Trending downward. We're not actively fighting. You know, we're not fighting a world war. I mean, we're, we're not yet. Of course, we're fighting wars on every you know on every continent, probably. But um, the endless wars that seem to never want to end. The, but the the threat and the fear of impending war also drives our behavior and our actions and our decision making every single day, yeah. all the time, um, and that fear leverages our selfish impulses to want to survive um, by being able to weaponize our pain through promising to destroy it, which is a more powerful feeling than feeling helpless against what you're afraid of. So we see this theme, the entire season of American horror story and, and currently in our society that victimization is this fertile breeding ground for leveraging these things and weaponizing our pain victimization right if you can if you can convince people that they're victims or that they that this particular uh group this identity group this whatever it is if you can convince them they're victims you can instill fear in them and you can get them on your side you can you can manipulate them. It you becomes can, it becomes easier to do that because we desire to not be afraid, right? We desire to feel safe in our world. And this season tells us that everybody, no matter what group, what belief system, what political party, what the fuck you were born into, it doesn't matter. You have something that that can be um, manipulated, exploited. Thank sure. you. You yeah, have something. If you're, you're, you know what it did. And, and what I loved about this season was it didn't matter whether you were like the white middle class no. or you were the homosexual couple or you were the, 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 you know, the African-Americans were on both sides. Like it didn't but, matter what race yeah. you were or where you came from. It didn't matter. The point was Everybody every group is being exploited by, 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 by fear. Everybody's susceptible. Yeah. Everybody's susceptible to this kind of manipulation that's going yeah. on. Um, and I, I thought that was brilliant and I really thought that was, by fear. it was so good. I and mean, you know, we see, uh, like we said, you know, extremism, uh, is, is kind of like, that's what happens in our culture is we're getting more and more extreme and, and our, the two sides of our political system get more polarized, right? We, we see that this is such a, 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 a fear is such a central component to all of, of those things. Um, I'm afraid that someone will take away my right to do what I want with my body. Right. I'm afraid someone will tell me I can't own a gun. I'm afraid someone will tell me that, you know, I can't say what I want to say. Well, and the gun, and, and so like you say something like the gun debate, right? The Which, fear, the fear is I'm not going to have the opportunity to protect myself exactly. when I need to protect myself. This helps me feel safe. Um, th- this makes me feel safe. Again, fear. Um, you know, and, and again, right or wrong, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter what side you're on, the motivating factors of these things, or they're going to take away my right to get married. Mm-hmm. They're going to take away my right 
you know, they're going to take my job. Take our jobs. Take our jobs. Um, they're going to change something fundamental about my culture or my upbringing that I don't like. Um, and some of these are very legitimate fears, and they they may be because we've seen it in other countries. Sure. We've seen these things be taken away. We've seen so. But what happens is that culture that's rooted in fear, again, as we saw in this episode, and what I think it's really trying to to say is as these fear components become so central, we start to, to go more and more to these extremes. We start to go to these periphery of society. You know, the people are, are the, those who are taking advantage of those things uh, draw us away from the middle. Well, they draw us away from each other because, and that unifying concept, because together we are more powerful and we think, Oh, well, if I'm together with everybody that agrees with me, then I'm more powerful. But Really, when we look at it, that is that separation of true culture, of true community that we are surrounded by, a separation of each other from each other is what causes the creation of these cults. You can't spell culture without the possibility <laughs> of cults, right? I like it. Because when we get driven farther apart, we become more insecure about those who are different from us and who believe differently from us or who behave differently from us, we become more withdrawn into ourselves and our beliefs because we're desiring to feel secure again. Um, and then we feel, we start to feel threatened by anything that threatens that secure feeling. So somebody who disagrees with us, instead of it just being a disagreement, it somehow becomes a threat, a, threat. a possibility yes. for vis victimization right. to occur to me. And I have already been victimized too much, which there's some validity there too. Absolutely. We do have some, some folks who have been victimized and who through changes in our culture, maybe have not been able to appropriately acknowledge that and move through it. Um, but it's that victimology mindset that somehow I'm going to be victimized or somehow I'm going to be um, marginalized that drives the separation between the two groups and drives that instinct to want to harm. Well, the it's other. not, it's not even like you can't, it's not that you just hold this viewpoint, but if right. you even, if you even say this viewpoint around me, you are victimized. You're somehow threatened. You are, you are threatened by, uh, we can't have a debate about it. We can't have a discussion about it. We can't, we can't try to, find a common ground or a middle ground we you we these these views have to be have to be uh, done away with they have to be abolished they have to be completely eradicated and when there we, is no there is no conversation there is no debate there is no discussion it's now your words are victimizing me your just just the fact that you exist is victimizing me is a problem and that was what was going on in this in the season too was yeah. we're going to get rid of anybody anybody that we can get rid of that disagrees with us is just is just a, is okay well think about that's just that's just part of the the that's just part of what we have to do is get rid of part those, of what has to those happen. beliefs and completely. that's how kai gains a lot of trust and a lot of ground on these individuals who have some very strong personalities even is he takes the one thing that makes them feel vulnerable yeah. and victimized he eliminates their, and their, he eliminates them. Yeah. He kills them. He kills them. And so then they start to believe that while well, the only way to get rid of this discomfort of having to confront these fears, these things I disagree with, these, these things fears that I, that these things that I don't like problems. or that cause me discomfort, you know, um, is to kill them. Is to kill them. So, so in the end we, we start to think that, so at the very end of the, the the season, we have 
Allie uh, figuring out how to manipulate Kai and to get him basically put away, thrown in prison, right? Well, Allie did the most self-serving thing, which was to kill her wife, to get rid of her wife, right. she, so she could protect. Her wife had, yeah, her wife had cheated on her and had abandoned her to this cult. Um, and so she killed her wife. She got rid of she her. Protected then she protected Oz. Then and she, then she destroyed Kai by she making joined him the cult obsolete. From, from the inside out. Yeah. Um, and so she wins out right in the end. And we see Allie as this character and she's talking to Oz and everything's kind of getting back to normal. And she goes into politics and she becomes a Senator. Um, and at the very end we see, you know, we think we start to think that, uh, that the, this, this, Uber, that everything's going to be right. This Uber liberal, ooh, I hit my, I hit my microphone again. It's my turn. It's my, my turn to do that. This mm -hmm. episode, apparently, um, we start to think that the Uber liberal Uber feminist character of Allie has won out that she is the, that she is, you know, she starts to talk about all of the buzzwords, all of the, you know, that, that her side kind of believes in and she's all excited and, um, and she's going to win out over this patriarchal xenophobic mindset of Kai, right. Which is, which is how we, we, we posit kind of the Hillary Trump. That's the culture is posited things in that way. Um, but ultimately that's not what happens. We realize in the end, in the final scene, that Allie's preparing. She's preparing for this meeting with other powerful women, as she tells Oz, right? Oh, I have to go meet with some of these other powerful women. But not like Kai. Um, but not like Kai. Not like Kai. And she's seated in front of a mirror, putting on, we see her putting on a green robe in the end and draping it, the hood over her head. Very um, secret the, society. The point, the point is definitely that no matter what cult of identity we're identifying ourselves with, we're still selling ourselves to the, to fear. We're still, we're still joining these extremist groups. We're making ourselves susceptible to these extremist groups, whether it's a cult of gender, whether it's a cult of sexuality, whether it's a cult of race, whether ultimately these cults are all rooted in fear, no matter how well-intentioned. And in America, we have turned them all into various forms of fear-based unbalanced extremism. No matter what side you're on, every one of these little groups has all there's there's extremist sides of all of them, and the extremist sides are starting to become the mainstream sides, and that's something that I that that is a fear of mine. <laughs> it's, it and that instills in me a lot of fear because we've always had this conversation, you and I, um, and I think this season really was was showed me uh, something that that I was not expecting, and I think what it was what it showed me was that they, that they the real point of this season was we better get back to the middle somewhere people because no matter what side you're on we're gravitating towards towards Extremism. this fear-based society that is eventually going to end up in something bad right you know because it's, it's this cult of personality it's this cult of fear it's this cult of you know whatever it might be the middle is the answer the via media, the, the via middle road, media. moderation. Well, you know, that's where we need to start the modern revolution folks right here. <laughs> well, so that, that harkens back to that idea of the hive mind, right? You know, everybody coming together to, to do one purpose, let's say, uh, just live, you know, out of kindness and everybody coming together. It's more you social. It's more cooperative hive mind is, however, there is a very slippery slope from that cooperative 
you social, um, communicative, whether or not, you know, I believe in the same thing as you, we're going to live cooperatively because that can happen. Um, instead we get to, we go a little bit past that and just shy of that is, or just past that is groupthink, think Nazis. We're so afraid of anybody that has outside blood that we're willing to kill everyone off to ensure our safety. Anybody and the that has an outside philosophy. Anybody, anybody that, that has disagrees, an outside, you know, because it's that's not that, like me. Because that is that scary. And how did somebody like that come to be when we know that the population in Germany did not all agree with that during sure. that time, but somehow they were motivated to obey? whether or not they agreed with it, which is what we saw in Kai's cult is that people were motivated to obey out of fear. Well, and it's been, it's been, you know, it's, and it's not, we always use Germany as, a, as our big example, it's a, but it's, but it's been example. Pol Pot and it's been, yeah. uh, you know, Stalin and it was, it was any it major, was, um, you know, all of these major Mussolini, it was every single one of these major dictators used that as their and what did they promise? Basis, they promised right? safety. Far left, far right doesn't matter. They they used those same tactics and those same fears uh, as their foundation. And everybody, you know, working towards one task, one goal, feeling unified—that feels very it feels good. safe. It feels good. It's, it's very safe. Very, right? very safe. safe. That's, a good word. That's a good word for it. It's very you know? safe. And in every microcosm of our lives, we desire communion. And so at the same time, it's telling us commune with only people who feel safe. Right. When that is driving all of us farther from each other. We need to commune with with, with people who we disagree with and people who we don't have uh, this, you know, all of these common factors. And we need to learn to feel safe in ourselves with that. Right. And with each other again, because we are not safe with each other right now. No matter what you believe, no matter what race you are, we do not feel safe with each other intrinsically right now. And that there's something wrong with that because we as humans live and survived for thousands of years because we communed well, with Well, it's a breakdown other. of community itself because yes. we commune now in our ideological groups. We right. commune now in our, and even in the times that we don't say something community related, like, like your kid's school or your kid, you tend to be in the same socioeconomic, you know, um, you see the same people at the grocery store. Yeah, you, see, the you, know, you run field. into the but same you don't know, people. Most of the time, you don't know your neighbors anymore. You don't know the people across the street. You don't right. know the people down the but street. We still, Whereas we used to have that that community, right? Because it didn't matter whether you know we may not have all agreed, but we were in the we were in community together. We were still in the same vicinity, and even though we didn't agree, we still had each other's backs and we don't. And maybe that's just ideal. Maybe that's just idealized. Maybe that maybe. never really existed. Maybe it's always been this way. But, but hasn't it had to, because we, we had to survive in packs. A humans look at us. We don't have any like natural survival things except, except our instinct to survive. And in order to survive well, and our brains help. Well, that's We're smarter than that's everybody else. Formed Every, everything over. else. <laughs> um, but I mean, in we, some ways, we have the instinct to survive because we're the only ones that realize that we're not, that we're going to end. So we have the instinct to survive very front and center and we don't survive well on our own. We get cold, we'd starve, we'd be lonely. I mean, people die of loneliness. They die because they are without communion with another human being or another thing that makes them feel a part of something. And that is filling the holes, right? Filling the holes that we all feel. We're talking about the tribe. So to bring this back around to our thing, tribophobia, I like, I like that you saw that that imagery that they used is more than just trying to instill 
It's not a disgust reaction. It's a reaction that we, it's a react, it's a depiction of what we feel inside, which is unwhole. That there's, that there's these, these, these these things that we cannot fill. Well, and also the holes in our ideologies that Mm -hmm. there's, you know, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that what your belief is, there's going to be holes. There's problems with it. Nobody has, has it right. A hundred percent in that, in that capacity to the point where they can, they can, step on somebody else's beliefs or step on somebody else's viewpoints um, and say, this is the thing that you believe now. And we're going to make you do it by force, Yeah, which is just something that's come up a lot lately that just frightens. You want to talk about fear frightens, frightens the, the shit out of me. Um, Handmaid's tale, you know, in the Twitter fied universe, you know, that we're living in um, you can't be heard unless you're an extremist. Mm-mm. You know, you can't be heard unless you're, you're saying not retweeted unless you're saying something controversial, something over the top. And and that's a really big bummer, you know? And, and strangely enough, I really feel like that's the ultimate moral of this season, season. of American history, horror story season seven, um, you know, to bring that current reality kind of more to light. Um, and it does it in a very non-partisan way in a very non-ideological way. It puts everybody on the spotlight to go, how are your beliefs affecting your behavior? Yeah. And does it need to? Yeah, absolutely. You know, do I need to believe all, all of these things like Ali does and also be in uh, this cult that's trying to take over the world? Or can I just believe what I believe and try to behave from the best interest of the people? Because I am a public figure. Well, and also in a spirit of, of, of love. Yes, you know, that's, that's from a place a, of kindness. Have a place of kind come from a place of kindness, and you'll find that your enemies are not always your enemies. You'll find that the people that you disagree with are not always the people that that uh are that you have to butt heads with. Sometimes those can be the closest people in your life because you butt heads with yes. them, because you're willing to challenge each other's vulnerabilities and still go, you know what? I fucking see you. Yeah. I see you. Still. It's okay. We come it's from okay. different places, but let's, let's I'm have not a gonna, conversation. And you know what that does? I just realized being able to do that plugs a hole in us being able to say, I see you, even though I don't agree with you, I still see you. That, that, fills something up inside of us that makes us go, I am, I am okay. I am enough, you know, because even though someone doesn't, dis- doesn't agree with what I'm saying, they can still go, uh, you know, I see you as a person. You're still here. You're still valid. Absolutely. You know, horror movies and horror stuff. One of the reasons why I love it so much is, you know, I have a, I have a, um, I've, I've always been very, very, into political science. I've always been very into theology, been doing to religion and history and looking at history in the terms of like we're talking about today, terms of ideology, history can be traced oh, gosh. through our philosophies. History can we're be traced through our same. ideologies. Um, and when you look at things in that, through that lens, uh, I think it, horror gives us that, that ability to, reflect to kind of reflect on our fears that way and reflect on our ideologies because horror is one of the only genres that really puts a spotlight on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I love it so much. And I think it's the only thing that says confront this. This is probably our, our deepest, um, um, when it comes to so deep, so deep. (laughs) And we didn't even have any sexual hole references. That's because it was so deep. Um, but I think this is really an important thing for people to watch. And I think if you watch it with the lens of, uh, you tribophobics are going to have a hard time, but, uh, and you cholerophobics. But maybe it will help. <laughs> maybe it will maybe help, help identify, you, <laughs> you know, the holes inside of you that you, you subconsciously want and beg to be filled, but maybe aren't getting those from the right spot. You know, Kai, 
Kai promises all this, you know, stuff, but all their behaviors don't fill those holes in them. You yeah. know, they don't fill that, that darkness, that void, the metaphorical holes, the metaphorical um, holes. It's really interesting to me uh, that we, that that's kind of where it ended up because it started out with, wow, they're just using a lot of marketing. That's geared Fears. towards the tripophobic yeah. geared towards the, the clown. It started out real. It started out real glitter. And I think that's one of the things that I wanted to mention was the, the glitter story. You know, when I had the roller derby girls over here and we were making glitter signs and you came home and you were kind of grouchy and you fussed at me for all the glitter. And we had the, well, after they all fight. left, after they all left, there was just glitter everywhere. And, and I was we like, had this glitter. Had this big, Why do you have to have this thing here? Just got all pissed off. Big argument about glitter. Right. Um, and then it ended up not actually being about the glitter. Yeah, there was something else going it, on. That, something that else that I don't even off. remember. I don't even remember. Either, uh, but, but, but then we, but then we said it wasn't about, I think we even, it's not I about even, the glitter. I even, me or you one said, said, actually said that straight out. Like it wasn't about the glitter. And that's become a phrase that we've used in our that's lives. That's what I use it in therapy. All the time. You know, I've made up a story in therapy about it that I tell. Um, because for a while I forgot that that was the actual story. Um, I was like, somehow it came up. So I'll just tell it like this. Yeah. Um, but the reason I say that is because that is the function that this extremism in our society and this polarization in society serves. It serves as the glitter to distract us from what's really going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was an interesting episode. I really enjoyed that. It was really kind of fun to take it from what the actual phobia was, like the actual fear of these little concentric holes that, have, that I know many of you deal with and you know, you're going to see a lot more images this week as we discuss this. Yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of this metaphorical thing, this metaphorical the metaphorical holes, holes, metaphorical holes in that our, we all in our culture, fill. in our lives, and in our, in our ideologies beliefs. and our beliefs. Um, I think it's really fascinating. There's a lot there's more a, here. There's a book there somewhere. There's a lot more here that that we need to uncover. It's, yeah, it's been a really easy two weeks trying to kind of piece everything together, and you know, it's been fun. Well. Been Let's fun feeling holes with you. Filling those holes. Feeling those holes. Feel filling those holes. Feeling those holes. Filling those holes. Bowl and bull. Fill and full. Okay. Get all those holes filled. Fill all those holes. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Fill them all. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I don't know what we're doing next week. What, what's our plan? I don't know. We have, have we, to decide. Uh, It'll be a surprise. Yeah, I had I had some ideas. I can't remember what they were though. Um so we'll make it a surprise, I guess, for the next episode. Uh, but that's tripophobia, guys. That was a uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Thanks for going let's, on this adventure. Let's uh, definitely end with, um, you know, think about. You know, I, I think there needs to be a little bit of like a call to action here because I think it's it really is brings to light so much that we get we get so fired up. You know, things that we would say to somebody on Twitter, we don't say to them, we would never say to their face. Mm -mm. And I think that's one of those things we, we, we go to these extremes. Um, and then we realize, I think a lot of times we step back, at least I know I do. I step back and I go, gosh, you know, is that really what I believe? Or am I just trying to, to, is there just something in me that has to spew my ideology? Spew. Um, you know, there's so, something in me that feels afraid. Yeah. It's just, it just comes from that place of, of fear and that place of, of ego too. just this central theme of just like, I have to be right. This has to be, I have to protect this thing and it's so important, but really, I mean, is it that important? Is it really? Or, or can is there you a way just, that we can, we can, we can reach across and have some common ground. Can you, you know? just, you know, can I hold my thing and can you hold yours? You know, right. instead of like me having to throw your thing away and hand you mine, like, why can't we just 
cool, you do that and I'll do this and we'll just like hang out. Yep. It's important. Um, so thanks, Chris. Thanks, honey. I hadn't really thought about that much. I mean, I thought about parts of that, but the whole part of it I thought was really interesting. Like oh. the hive mindset and the and the uh, way that 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 episode was really talking about that the as, very, a, as, a, as a theme. Operating as a metaphorical hive theme. is very different than, you know, group think. Well, Feardos, uh, please share our stuff on social media. We really like doing this podcast and we would love to see it grow some more. Um, so we can do more things with it. Um, and we would love to see you, uh, sharing it on your social media and maybe going over and we would really, really, really appreciate it. If you would just give us like some love on your podcast apps and like, and share, uh, and comment and give us a review. Um, our social media has been growing. We've definitely had more interaction and we really and appreciate it. So and we love fun. guys. We are so excited when you guys like actually say, Hey, like I really love that. Episode. Like, Cody. Give us an example. Or, like Cody in Iowa who gave us a really awesome review and new to podcasts. The so best, Cody. We're super stoked that, um, that Cody's diving into, uh, stickers are on the way, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I sent out some stickers to you, Cody. So, and if anybody wants stickers, just send me a message on Twitter or something and I'll get them out to you right away. Um, we love that you're listening and we really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Beardos. And until next time, stay afraid. Stay very afraid. <laughs> <laughs>